Well, I've been to one World Fair, a picnic, and a rodeo, and that's the stupidest thing I ever heard come over a set of earphones. Isn't it just? Been at this, uh, been at this since, uh, about noonish. This, uh, whole trying to get a speaker, the house thing, and, well, uh, I've, I've been, I've been basking in schadenfreude all day thinking things like gosh i hope it doesn't hurt too little and come on let's you and them fight and so we've been through and and this is the first time it's happened in a hundred years or more but we're about to move to the fourth ballot of these hapless maggots trying to find themselves a Speaker of the House. Yeah, I know. Kind of something, ain't it? It's showtime. Go head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, I mean, I think we know that. I'm a little bit gobsmacked. I, this, I, we've watched a lot of things happen in the Congress from time to time. and I mean, we, we've had the whole January 6th thing. If you're old enough, you were, you, 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 you had uh, Iran-Contra, and you had Watergate. But the simple fact that this gang of idiots... Fools, miscreants, prevaricators, mendacious, bad faith actors, and Methodists uh, can't get their shit together to. Oh my! Oh my! I've been I've been messaging back and forth with various and sundry members of the Horn Family Community Congregation pretty much all afternoon. As we watch this delirious shit show unfold, I, I, I've got the I've got the C-SPAN audio muted right now. I don't know exactly where they are in the proceedings. I mean, it, I mean, it's time for ballot number four, but are they going are they going to take a 
They're going to take a supper break first. Will they actually knock off at some point and just say, well, fuck it, we're going to have to come back tomorrow. Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow creeps each day in its petty pace. Oh, hi. I'm Robin. And I told, we've been saying this for a while, I told you, I didn't know, I didn't know if today was going to be tequila or popcorn. And of course, waiting for it all to happen, I had no choice but to watch some Washington Journal. Sorry, I'm Steve and uh, Steve from Georgia, Stan and Todd. I'm not trying to work y'all's corner or anything, but I can tell you this much. <laughs> we were watching along and Poor Pedro said, and now a call on the de- on the Republican line from West Virginia. And I don't know where she was calling from, but Lord, she had she had a, she had had that deep Southern Coalfields accent. Pedro, I'll ju- I just want to tell you that I used to be a Democrat, but I became a Republican. And and they talk trash on, on they talk trash on Joe Manchin, but I just and it was a complete non sequitur. Uh, we went for and and she, it was the topic was what's the biggest domestic issue for you? And then she, you know he's great senator for West Virginia, and and I I, I just want to tell you one other thing. I think I think it's I think it's a shame how they've treated our great president. Uh, uh, Donald Trump, one of the greatest presidents of of all the time. At this point in time, Annette reached over, grabbed a bottle, took the lid off, and did something she never does. Took a pull, put the lid back, and said, there, that ought to make things a little more bearable. So we've had, and and let me just note for the fun of it that this isn't exactly uh, democracy in action. You know, in an actual in an actual democratic vote, the person who gets the most votes wins. But since uh, since uh, well, I guess since it's Washington or since it's the United States government, actually getting a majority does not get you the speakership because otherwise Hakeem Jeffries would have been Speaker of the House on the first ballot. It doesn't work that way. But I was reminded of something. If you think, if you think about what... Well, you know, you know how much I loved our dear friend Bart Cop, gone these many years. But... After uh, after Barack Obama ascended to the presidency, you know Bart Cop had for year, for eight years been selling a T-shirt with a picture of George Bush on it that said "Worst President Ever." Well, after Obama was inaugurated, and I wish I still had it. He put out a T-shirt that said and still had George Bush on it, and it said. I screwed everything up, but thanks for thanks for blaming the black guy. Well, I thought about that earlier today. 
it was it, the, the 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 comparison was so stark over over on the on the republican side you had Elise Stupidnik doing the intro for Kevers McCarthy the man of silly putty with the number 2 guy in the house sitting right behind her Namely, Steve Scalise, the man too stupid to understand how dangerous assault weapons are, even after he got shot to pieces with one. Who you would think would have been doing the intro. But no, it was Elise Stupidnik. And so, there's a pasty-faced, doughy white woman... Introducing and nominate into nomination the name of a pasty-faced, doughy, white guy who is nothing but a wad of ambition. And then on the other side, you had the Democratic caucus. White women, black women, Asian women, Latino women, white men, white women. In other words, looking like a cross-section, at least to a certain extent, of America. And so, uh, Representative Pete Aguiar introduced and nominated Hakeem Jeffries. For the first time in the history of this country, a Latino man nominated a black man to lead the House of Representatives. These are powerful moments. Representative Al Green, uh, in the first go-round of voting, you know, every, every now and then one of these one, one of these members of the House would ma- stand up and say something pithy or catchy. But I think the award has to go to the uh, to Representative Green who stood up and said, in the name of all the enslaved people who built this house, I nominate Hakeem Jeffries of Brooklyn. I remember when, uh, I remember when Representative Green stood alone and called for the impeachment of Donald Trump long before anybody else had the courage to to stand with him. He brings a certain moral force. And so that was that was a that was a profound and moving moment as far as I was concerned. But I digress because what I wanted I, mean, I, t- I started out talking about Bart Cop and that uh, uh, I screwed everything up but thanks for blaming the black guy. T-shirt. I got <laughs> I, I had just a wry little chuckle at the thought of, you know, here is a House of Representatives, more than half of whose membership is in complete chaotic disarray and couldn't pour piss out of a boot with directions on the heels. And there I was looking at a possibility that they would give an and it just felt like ah yeah this this job is gonna suck for two years 
Just give it to the black guy. Um, you're not wrong, Darlene. Darlene in Connecticut noting, where pigs taking the lower chamber, chamber equals the new zoo review, and the radicals on the right, which is saying something, said in response to a reporter asking about Jeffries becoming speaker, paraphrased, never! That would be Republicans cavorting with Democrats. Well, we can't have no cavorting. But there, the reason I asked if... Uh, the, re- the reason I asked if they were breaking for supper is there's bound to be some carcassing going on. There is some deal-making going on in the background. This last vote ended at, uh, Mac- at, at Jeffrey's 212. He won again in a democracy. Uh, you know, remember, in the United States of America, democracy has always been more aspirational than operational. Yeah, Hakeem Jeffries got 212 votes. Kevers, man of silly putty McCarthy, got 202. Jim Jacket on Jordan. He's actually wearing his jacket today. I guess because he's feeling kind of speakery. Got 20 votes. Andy Biggs' name was pulled out of consideration. And so that, well, Kevers is in a spot and it's it and again i hope it doesn't hurt too little as of this morning before the house convened the uh, the maggot caucus and the feedum carcass were in high dudgeon calling each other names i mean it was it was saucer of milk for table uh, you know for for uh, for table 2 as uh, lauren bobblehead boobert who I have decided is it really is a hobbit. You know, she was standing there ne- next to Matt, it just gets worse, who is at best maybe 5'10", and she was fully a foot shorter than him. My God, even Lin- even Miss Lindsay would tower over her. But she, uh, she, had, her, uh, she had her special... Uh, uh, she, she had her... Uh, uh, special uh, uh, Marktown red lipstick on. Yeah, I'm being bitchy. When she came to the microphone. We ready for this? Yeah. said from the beginning that my hard line was the motion to vacate. Single member motion to vacate. You cannot demand more responsibility and less accountability. And Kevin McCarthy was taking the path. Just checking real quick. You cannot demand more accountability unless more, more what I, I got to do. I'm sorry. I've been struggling with this all day long. Accountability and uh, a little further. Demand more responsibility and less accountability. You cannot demand more responsibility unless accountability or and let there's, you can write it down six different ways from Sunday, and none of those ways make any sense. And uh, so she was, she, she, was, she was in a dither. Oh, and one other thing to make note of, in case you didn't see this early on, they did do one thing today. One of the first actions... 
And it's reminiscent of when old 666 himself, Ronald Wilson Reagan, took office. His first act in office was to remove solar panels from the roof of the uh, White House on January the 20th, 1981. Well, the first thing the Republicans did was take down the magnetometers that Nancy Pelosi had installed because people like Lauren Bobblehead Boobert and Marginal Trailer Queen and others had a hankering to bring their freedom protectors into the House of Representing. Well, the magnetometers are gone. So I guess that means guns are, guns are okay. Knives. Maces. Katanas. Assegais. Straight razors in shoes. You know, just anything that the any anything that these <sighs> bizarre, dangerous, and violent little freaks want to bring onto the floor. Yeah. So back to back to Clanny Oakley. And Kevin McCarthy was taking the. Oh, and she's got her smart girl glasses on path of Nancy Pelosi and following her precedence uh, with the motion to vacate. We were just told when we left this door, we... I'm sure she still thinks that motion to vacate uh, meant that she had to leave the meeting. It was said that uh, at one point, Kevin McCarthy got upset and raised his voice to which... Maybe it was when he said, I deserve this job. You know, if they had any cleverness at all in the Republican caucus, somebody would have been ready with a cheesy Clint Eastwood impression to say, deserving's got nothing to do with it. But they don't. And instead, well, Clanny Oakley just yelled out, bullshit. You, you, you tell him, you tell him, Boobert. He will give you single member motion to vacate. And so now here we are being sworn at instead of being sworn in. And we could have had. Wait, she, did, did, she thought that was an applause line that you, you could. You, that, was, that was that was a bigger pause than I usually do on this program. You could have you could have you could have driven a con. It looks like we got us a convoy. You could have driven a, 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 a tractor trailer convoy through that pause. Because she was so proud of it. it here, here we are getting sworn at instead of sworn in. It, why ain't y'all clapping? Had this solved months ago. I have been working every day to unify the Republican Party for the American people. And yesterday, we had a deal that was not a selfish deal in any way for Kevin McCarthy to get him the gavel on the first ballot. And he eagerly dismissed us well that's that that that's because really a, a single member motion to vacate he may be nothing more than ambition and not particularly intelligent and prone to bowing and scraping in front of the orange god emperor but he damn well knows what a single member motion to vacate would mean there'd be a motion to vacate every time the House gaveled into session. Because these are, well, these are vandals. 
this is this is an entire stable full of incitatuses being invited to be members of the house. I know Darlene. Darlene says, "Shit, I'm already missing Nan." I know. Yeah. Uh, adding, uh, Darlene does fourth speaker vote expected. How many are they allowed to have right now? Jeffries has 212. McCarthy has 202. Jordan has 20. Until there's a clear majority of a certain amount, uh, Darlene, it is a majority of all members present. So that's why Hakeem Jeffries keeps winning and keeps losing because the numbers for, in the in case of the first ballot, Andy Biggs and other plus Kevers numbers added together are a larger number than that of Hakeem Jeffries. Like I said, democracy is aspirational, not operational. And so they will vote, and they will vote, and they will vote un- until one of the one of the contestants, one of the candidates, has more votes than the other. When all votes are taken together, which means this could go on. It, the, well, it's like uh, that great line uh, from Shel Silverstein's "The Smoke Off." Uh, what is it then? Uh, then he rolls three joints in just in, in just ten seconds, and she smokes them up in nine. And then the crowd sits back and says, "Shit, this may just take some time." And it may. And like I mentioned the other night, if they don't get this done in about ten days, GOP staffers stop getting paid. I wonder how that's I wonder how that's playing with uh oh you know Clanny Oakley's staff. But of course it's not just Clanny Oakley, oh hell no. It's also uh marginal trailer queen cuz it's easy to conflate these two idiots. But the fact of the matter is I don't. Room, word has it that they don't like each other too good, and so marginal trailer queen has been having a hissy at her um, at at her thedum and maggot carcass members who aren't getting on uh, who who aren't getting on the. Uh, on the bus with Kevers. And there's all kinds of drama taking place. Like the fact that the uh, social media political sphere fairly lost lost their cookies when Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was seen... uh, sitting right next to and chatting with Paul Gosar, the demon de- dentist of the desert, an insurrectionist, a facilitator of the terrorist attack on the capital of the United States on January the 6th, 2021. Hard to believe that's only three days away from the second anniversary thereof. And we still haven't done much about it. How about that? 
And she also had a chat with Matt Gates. It just gates worse. You might remember that uh, Paul Gosar, the demon dentist of the desert, was stripped of his committee assignments after he tweeted a cartoon of him murdering AOC with a sword. A sword which you can probably now bring onto the floor of the house because the magnetometers are gone. There's one other thing that's been sort of rattling around my head. Um, and that is someone who is not in the room. I don't know how you'd even begin to do this, but uh, just imagine. Imagine, again, the Democrats, and there's no getting around the fact that uh, and, and Nancy Pelosi was absolutely gra gracious when, and, and, and the, the Democratic caucus just cheered when she stood up wearing a beautiful fuchsia suit and voted for, uh, voted for Hakeem Jeffries proudly. And she's the one that engineered this once it's probably her last act of keeping, you know, keeping the band together, as it were. Making sure that everybody stays on message and nobody, nobody, nobody wanders away from the pack or anything. But I've begun to wonder what would happen. Because, you know, you've got Don Bacon out in Nebraska saying, Listen, you fucksticks, keep this shit up and I will take some friends and go over and we will find us a speaker that we and the Democrats can live with. And that has had the wheels turning in my little noggin all day long. For someone who's not even in the room, might not even be in the district, might not even be east of the Mississippi at this point in time. And we all know I'm not there policy-wise, but if you really just want to watch some heads explode, and among us, who wouldn't? Imagine for a moment that all those Hakeem Jeffries votes, and this is pure speculation. I mean, this is some way out there. Uh, did the bad acid um, huffed some raw ether and guzzled some Mexican gasoline? Speculating. But what would happen if all those votes for Hakeem Jeffries? at least on one ballot, were to turn into votes for Liz Cheney. She's a Republican. And you might find a few members of the House from the Republican side who would go, mm, you know, I could, uh, I could work with her. And there would actually be some smart money in doing that because one of the things that Kevers has done early on is to surgically gut the Office of Congressional Ethics. You might recall that just a couple of weeks ago, 
the J6 committee referred several members of the House of Representatives for investigation by the self-same Office of Congressional Ethics. If you bring in Liz Cheney as the speaker, well, she would advance a Republican agenda. There's no getting around that. But she'd also keep up, perhaps, the assault on Julius Geezer, otherwise known as stoking the stroke. This whole process is it has the possibility to just simply make your head spin. Um, Ron and Raleigh says, you know, it's about time we bring back some words we don't use much anymore. What a bunch of pillocks, poltroons, mountebanks, and charlatans. This is the first day of a two-year race to the bottom. Not a damn thing's going to get done for the next two years, except for black comedy. By the way, the story about DeMar Hamlin's injury brought to mind the death of Chuck Hughes in 1971 on the field. I was watching that game. It was a horrifying incident. Yeah, we're going to get to DeMar Hamlin uh, because, well, it spawned, this is after all Titanic Tuesday, and it spawned some Titanic right-wing intellect. Uh, thank you, Ralphs, and thank you, Darlene. They have just adjourned. Do we know how long they adjourned? She said, hating to leave a preposition dangling out there. For? All I see is the uh, uh, House returns Wednesday, 12 p.m., to hold fourth vote for Speaker. So I can uh, turn that off now. So they've got between now and noon tomorrow to try to get their shit together. Here's hoping they don't. But I kind of like that idea. Oh, and by the way, one of my one of my favorite maggots because he's that damn stupid is of course uh Chip Roy from Gonorrhea Gulch, Texas, who in that first ballot stood up and said, "A vote for Donalds," and a and a, and a kind of a uh, rippled through the uh, the the assembled members of the House. Turned out he was talking about a guy whose last names were last name was Donalds. But that's not necessarily the way a lot of people heard it. And, you know, and I'm sure the maggots had a, oh, what did, uh, what did Chris Matthews call it? A tingle down their legs. Uh, note from uh, Brother Bishop Steve in Georgistan, all-around great guy. If these right-wing fools can't even elect a speaker, how are they supposed to govern? Answer, they can't. Who's old Kev going to trot out on the fourth go-round? Any takers? Oh, I'm sure I'm sure Jim Shorts Jordan is uh, absolutely full of piss and vinegar. 
He's feeling like somebody. And, you know, that the Democrats hold a, a bit of sway right now. If they actually agree to support someone who's not Steve Scalise, he has ideas, Steve Scalise, Cassius has a lean and hungry look. Um, or Jim Shorts Jordan or Andy Biggs, any of these absolute freaks. Anything requiring Democratic cooperation is going to require concessions to the Democrats. I don't know about the leadership up there, but I can think of a couple of things. Like Jim Shorts Jordan does not run House Judiciary. There will be no investigation of Dr. Fauci. Hunter, we will not hear Hunter Biden for the next two years. And we'll leave it up to y'all whether you decide to impeach Joe Biden. I know that may sound counterintuitive, but it would be a sublime act of stupidity for them to do that. Um, at least I think it would be. Um, Billable Rick says... Uh, C-SPAN's taking call from view- calls from viewers now. Billable says uh, 202-748-8920. Come on, people, call in and suggest Liz Cheney as speaker. I wonder if anyone will. Meanwhile, Steve in New York, speaking to his fellow, uh, his brother in the fraternity of Steve's, says, oh, dear, dear Steve from Georgia Stan, they're not interested in governing. No, they hate the idea of government altogether. Uh, the only the only reason government exists for a Republican is, well, it's kind of like a variation on the man, on the on the first law of mansions. The only interest Republicans have in governing is to line their own pockets. Um, yeah. Emilio says uh, uh, Lauren Bubert likes to uh, likes uh, uh, to move to vacate around 9 a.m. <laughs> Meanwhile, Kevers still has his shit stacked up in the speaker's office. Yeah, would, may, may, you know, maybe he can spend the evening unpacking. Hey, of course, he wouldn't do that. There, there's actually uh, capital employees who do that. who will absolutely love packing back up again. Uh, This morning, Matt in San Francisco notes, to me it was like watching the Harvard Debate Club up against a gaggle of meth heads. (laughs) Speed reading again, Matt? Yeah, I'm still giggling over that one. Crotchety old evil in the wood. Uh, Concessions, Steve in New York says, uh, requiring old gym shorts to wear a suit jacket all the time. God, he looks uncomfortable in that thing. Then again, he just looks uncomfortable. Um, and speaking in speaking of Lauren Bobblehead Boobert news, her former gun restaurant where all the wait staff wore uh, packed heat well it's no longer a going concern and it will now be replaced uh, thank you for that Ralph uh, 
it will now be replaced by a uh, yep a Mexican restaurant. Scott in San Diego says, weapons in the house, don't forget platinum nunchucks. Throwing stars. Oh, it could it could turn into something in a real hurry. Uh, the, uh, and from the uh, Horn Ad Hoc Research Department, uh, being staffed this evening by our buddy Lee in New York, the most ballots for speaker... It took 62 days and 133 ballots to elect Nathaniel P. Banks in 1855. The government was, well, it was 1855, and the government was running headlong toward abject disaster. This is the nightmare scenario, albeit the one that many Democrats are probably rooting for, The 1855 speakership election took place right in the midst of the transition from the second-party system, again, Democrats versus Whigs, to the third-party system, Republicans versus Democrats. And so the 34th Congress featured three major partisan delegations, Democrats 82, Opposition 100, and Know Nothing 51. The folks calling themselves opposition would largely, although not universally, end up as Republicans, but that was in the future. The Republican Party had only existed for a little over a year, and the House would not have its first official Republican member until December 1st, 1856. The opposition was the largest faction, but was not a majority in any case, struggled to settle on a single candidate. The know-nothings refused to throw in with either side, thinking that their candidate might ultimately triumph as the compromise option. That was good thinking, because Nathaniel P. Banks, a know-nothing, was indeed a member of that faction. Still, this was the second time the House had to agree to suspend the normal rules and allow the speaker to be elected by a plurality rather than a majority. And that's another thing. They can do do things like that. Because they make their own rules up as they go along. Uh, unanimity, Stephen New York says, uh, we have plenty of disagreement. We are lefties, by the way. Can we all agree that this is just funny with ample doses of schadenfreude? At this point in time, I'm not even dosing the Schadenfreude anymore, Steve. I'm just mainlining it. I've got, you know, I've got one of those those football game helmets. I got two cans of Schadenfreude on it with uh, with 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 uh, uh, IV lines coming together, and just got it jacked into a vein. And whew, I mean, I've been I, I've been absolutely wasted out of my mind on Schadenfreude all day long. It's a good buzz. There's a lot of there's a lot of giggling involved. Uh, a, a cowbell says, "Scary Jerry cavorting with Democrats." Okay. Then there's also gavotting. It doesn't gavot appear in the lyric to uh, "You're So Vain." Lee in New York says, stop it, Robin. Let the the Republicans do every stupid thing that they want. Impeach Biden, impeach Biden's dogs. Let them do every stupid thing they want. Demand important things that they do not like and will not advertise on. How about more support for Ukraine? Yeah, but I, I, I think there's value in not letting Jim Shorts Jordan torment Dr. Fauci. And these, I mean, these, these things can be uh, negotiable. 
and it's a stretch of the use of the word, but, you know, fungible. Uh, yeah, okay, thank you, Steve. Uh, two, two cans on a helmet. Steve in New York says that's what we call a schadenfreude drip. It's been good all day long. I got, I got, I got the good schadenfreude. I went down and talked to one of the one of the boys under the bridge. He hooked me up. And now, see, I don't want anybody to get upset. Um, well, thanks. I just had a note back from John Brudevo. I pointed out that uh, his member of the House of Representatives um, has been a, a real stitch today, Mike Cloud. Uh, I said, uh, he sure does know how to pee in Kevin's punch bowl, don't he? John wrote back and said, uh, yeah, my congressman, I'm enjoying the show, though. It is a hell of a show. And, and you know, how much force and effect can Kevers McCarthy have being the first Speaker of the House in 100 years to go 0 for 3 on the first three ballots? And, like, not even close. But like I said, I don't want to get anybody upset because ordinarily the first order of business uh, in the program is to thank our subscribers. And I did not forget. It's just... There, it, well, I've been simply effervescing all day long. And so thanks go out. Uh, to our third day of the month subscribers. That means thank you to John. Thank you so much, John, uh, in, Indi in, in Taliban, Indiana. Thank you. And thank you to Gene and Ann across the pond. Thank you to Bill in Allentown. Um... Thanks for being partial sponsors of the program. Thank you, Ralphs, uh, getting us started this evening. Uh, we now have two hundred and eighty dollars to go in fundraising for the evening. We just go. I don't know. I, th I just you know. I don't. I don't put up a, a, a you know monthly number because that would just make all the blood drain out of my face. Um, but we're hanging on and hopefully keeping everything going. We're struggling uh, just because of the, the, the price of everything going up I mean I was in the grocery store again today let's see um, five dollars for a little tub of cottage cheese that was fun because and uh, uh, 750 for a bag of grapes it adds up. Um, and mainly, mainly what's eating us alive here are utilities and things like car payments and the like. So, uh, if you if you could help, it would be tremendous. Because let's see, um, oh today is the uh, today's the phone bill. The internet bill is waiting. So is the car payment, the insurance, that you know everything that makes it possible to be a going concern here. 
Uh, Flavio says, I loved it when Pete Aguilar rose to nominate Hakeem Jeffries as, speakers, as speaker. That was a good troll. It was, because among other things, he noted, never, not once, has Hakeem Jeffries bowed down to the twice-impeached former president, or language to that effect. That was nice. Right across the bow. Um, Oh, uh, Billable Rick has offered up uh, a cowbell for Steve in New York. Two cans on a helmet as a schadenfreude drip. Happy to award that. Thank you. Thank you, Billable. Um, Scott in San Diego says, hell of a show on C-SPAN today. This GOP House Speaker blocking stunt surely proves something I've said for years. The current incarnation of the GOP is like a bull in a china shop, but they don't break their shit on. Uh, does anybody have John Weepy Boner's number handy? At this point, we could sure all use uh, he and the House chaplain leading them in a few choruses of zippity doodah to lull them into a nice basal state and a sweeter frame of mind. <laughs> and I want... I guess it's possible that they'll they'll coalesce, but the Republicans. But I hope they don't do it anytime soon. This is this is entertaining, and every day that they're doing this is one less day that they're attacking Dr. Fauci or uh, barking and grunting and hooting about Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden, no singing, Robin. Two hundred eighty bucks, remember? Uh, yeah. Uh, On a serious note, and this is true, at this point in time, Stephen New York notes, we actually don't have one half of one of the three branches of government. You're right. We don't. And it's... We can... I, I, I guess we just kind of keep our fingers crossed that... Shit doesn't go completely sideways while we're waiting for the Republicans to um, figure out how to govern. And, of course, we're not the only ones who are, well... Schadenfreude? You're soaking in it. David Jolly, a former member of Congress from Florida who shows up on um, uh, shows up on MSNBC from time to time. Uh, well, MSNBC uh, well, he, he, he explained his, his impression of what he was seeing out is what Republicans coalition now looks like in the United States in 2023. And it is very different than the confidence you see from Hakeem Jeffries and Democrats in their coalition today. That's why it is, it, this is an inflection point for Republicans. They own this moment. They built this coalition and they're unable to hold it together. 
Good for them. Welcome to the wilderness. Enjoy your walk. Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I really appreciate all of that. And, and I just want to press further on this. I mean, these this list, and, and that's why I asked, I mean, because I'm familiar with the scandals and the brushes with illegality and criminality that, that, that unite some of these people, and other than probably having expensive defense attorneys. I, I don't know that there's a single <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, thing that unites them. But this was knowable. I mean, Kevin McCarthy could have known a week ago or a month ago or four months ago that, you know, the coalition of extremists and subjects and targets of criminal probes wasn't that into him. How, how did he? And again, I'm not sympathetic to his humiliation, but I'm intrigued by it. Nicole Wallace. Not that into him. Because once a Republican, always a Republican, and, and, and in politics with Republicans, everything is seventh grade. Granger. Yeah, this is where you wish you could use expletives on air. It's screw these guys. Screw all of them, right? Because this is what happened when you invited Donald Trump to be the leader of your party and you refused to stand up to him, and you let him elevate Marjorie Taylor Greene and mm. Matt Gates. Anna Polina Luna, uh, Luna, a newly elected member that Matt Gates and, and Donald Trump elevated above Kevin McCarthy, but Kevin McCarthy then had to accept into the fold. This is the last six years, a manifestation of the craziness we just saw. Mm-hmm. Screw all these people that created this moment. They deserve zero sympathy. So if Republicans want to go through these machinations so that they get to be the party that controls one branch or, or one house of a bicameral legislature with a Joe Biden Democratic president who's going to run the show for the next two years enjoy your time because whoever gets elected speaker is probably only there for two years if not less and you're going to be working with all these people that donald trump handed you and you accepted you empowered them you celebrated them it's a bunch of garbage it's why a couple people are taking the victory lap today and it's okay to do so you seem mad look there's a destruction of one of the two major parties in the country that we're watching right now uh, in some ways, I think we should celebrate it because it's an affirmation that everything we saw for the last six years that people in their right mind and right of heart knew was wrong. We're seeing a manifestation of that. It's why I certainly left the party and it's why I don't have any respect for the people that are going through this today. All that fight, those fights they had this morning behind closed doors. I've been in those rooms. This was, you know, the fifth or sixth chapter of all that garbage. I, I hope this goes on for months without them being able to solve it because they created this and they deserve it. Claire, um, I, you know, what is it? The, the nine stage, 11 stages of grief. You know, I, I, I got past um, real grief at watching a party I had served and for many years helped build turn into a coalition that is exactly as David Jelly describes, one that makes room and space and hold space in its coalition for white nationalists, white supremacists, um, and the very same group. Yeah, hold on. A party that she helped build. And everything that is taking place in that uh, in, in, in that fool's parade today those seeds were planted during the loyal bushy years we have talked about this time after time after time here Donald Trump did not usher in an era of madness the era of madness has been ongoing for eons it's just that perhaps we 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 
don't remember. Um, go back to Reagan and Gorsuch. The first cabinet member to be held in contempt of court. And then there was his wacky interior department dude, the the the, the, the uh, out of his mind Jesus freak. And I was just a little baby journalist at CNN when I first found out in the late 80s about Newt Gingrich. He was just a wacko backbencher. But in a short few years' time, he would be Speaker of the House and de- and 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 declaiming at every opportunity against the sexual peccadilloes of the President of the United States while at the same time he was flying his own freak flag with his uh, with his mistress uh, also his aide his uh, Callista okay this is gone and 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 it was there during the reign of error of dim leader so yeah nicole wallace you did help build it maybe we need a nicole wallace sticker to put on our screens by the vote total that says, I did that. Of course, she's a multi-millionaire member of the for-profit media now, so that would be unfair. She's, 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 had her come, she's had her come to Jesus moment. She's been struck blind on the... James Watt, thank you, Scott. Uh, hated the Beach Boys, too, as I recall. He says, yes, he did. Um... But, you know, I, I guess since the check started clearing from MSNBC, well, she did. She's, you know, she was struck blind on the road to Damascus, and, well, now she's just so sad to see what her beloved Republican Party has become. Horseshit. Bullshit. Chicken shit. I love the way these people who had a hand in creating this Republican Party try so desperately to run away from the toxicity of their own actions. And yeah, but I mean but I still agree. Screw these guys. I, I hope this goes on for months without them being able to solve it because they created this and they deserve it. Claire, um, I you know what is it? The the nine stage eleven stages of grief. You know, I I, I got past um, real grief at watching a party I had served and for many years helped build turn into a coalition that is exactly as David Jelly describes, one that makes room and space and holds space in its coalition for white nationalists, white supremacists, um, and the very same groups who are now targets of domestic violent extremism in this What did she think? I mean, I'm sorry. I know I go back to this all the time. She's younger. Maybe she was in diapers back in August in 19... 19- 80 when Ronald Wilson Reagan old 666 himself gave his maiden voyage campaign speech in the general election campaign of 1980 in Neshoba County Mississippi and uttered a dog whistle that was more like a bullhorn for every every uh, white supremacist every white nationalist we didn't have that term then every clansman every neo-nazi every white uh, white citizens council member uh, uh, where was she? Does she just not know that happened? 
Does she not know that the modern Republican Party has been for over a generation the home, the political home for all of these freaks? Does she not know that? Or is she just blithely trying to obfuscate her way past it? They've always had a home there. They've always voted for Republican candidates. You know, oh, I'm sure, sure, there are some weirdos out there who voted for Lyndon LaRouche every now and then. But most of these people, you know, the same assholes who, who as far back as the 80s and 90s were, were, were saying things like, Well, I didn't leave the Democrat Party. Well, the Democrat Party left me. Horseshit. I mean, I, 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 can, I can certainly appreciate her sense of disgust and her newfound sense of ethics, but I refuse to be complicit in uh, an, an ahistorical whitewashing. Exactly. Steve, uh, Steve in New York was right there with me. Four words, Reagan at Neshoba County. Reagan and Nancy at Neshoba when the sheets came out. And uh, Steve adds, let's not forget, these are not extremists. This is the party that they fucking created. This is who they wanted. And I confess I spent some time today just wondering... if there are any secretly sane Republicans who want to do the fundamental business of governing. Things like making sure that Social Security checks keep going out. Making sure that the full faith and credit of the United States... Uh, well, no, full faith and credit. That, that's, I, just, I just gave Steve in New York a connection. Making sure that the, the 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 financial stability of our of our system remains intact, because the Matt Gateses and the marginal trailer queens and the Lauren bobblehead booberts and the demon dentist of the deserts, the Andy Biggses, we don't have Louis Asparagus Gomert to kick around anymore, and. Absent also this, the today was uh, Mo Brooks, Les Brames. But that's okay. There's, there's a surfeit of stupid in that party. And the question is, are they happy with that? Who do they love? You know, I'm thinking about Don Bacon because he's been the one who's out there saying, listen, if these fuckers don't pay attention, I am willing to go over and we will find a speaker and I'll work with the Democrats to get one. And I guess over these three ballots, they've called his bluff. So that makes one wonder what happens tomorrow. You know, Scott Perry up in Pennsylvania. Fuck you. Um, stand by a second.
things were getting a little noisy back in the mansion. Um, but no, to get back to what it, what would that look like? You know, a, a, a government, because see, uh, it's kind of like uh, Emily Dickinson, you know, writing. Always at my back, I hear time's winged chariot drawing near. We only kicked the can down the road to September in terms of keeping the government running. And then there's the political calculations, like uh, Lee was alluding to. Are we better off letting the le- letting them be as stupid as they want to be, or do we tr- or, or do we try to make the government run? as it is at least nominally supposed to run. How many of these normal Republicans are there, really? I don't know. You know, uh, South Carolina Representative... Jim Clyburn said, we only need six to come over. He thinks they could make a deal. Does he think that that would be a deal? That would Is, that, is he saying that that's a deal? I don't know. Does he think he can find six votes? For uh, six votes for... Hakeem Jeffries? I, I I don't I don't know. But everything's on the table. And all we can do is wait and see. Uh, by the way, Scary Jerry says. Uh, John Boner's smoking a blunt right the fuck right now. I thought about him and Paul Ryan today. I miss those guys. Shit. It does seem like, a, as, as, as hateful and awful as it was, it does seem like a more innocent time. Oh, and by the way, uh, George Santos got to cast his first vote today. He's been consistent. He sat there and done the good little lap dog, lap dog thing, voting for Kevin McCarthy on every ballot based on Kevin McCarthy's promise to gut the Office of Congressional Ethics. Because who needs one of those? And then, of course, there was the there was the conniption that marginal trailer queen threw. It's too good not to share. Okay. Well, so we've been having our discussions. In I'm there. sorry. Are you want to go back? Um, just a little bit. Okay. We'll you. Oh, sure. Okay. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, for months, we have been negotiating talking, debating back and forth in our conference, trying to come to a really good rules package, and it's amazing. As a matter of fact, I'll quote Matt Gates. He said it's exquisite 
That's what he said on our conference call on Sunday. Um, but in that conference meeting there, we found out that there were several members, three in fact, that went in uh, last night and were demanding positions for themselves, demanding gavel positions, demanding uh, subcommittees, demanding for people to be taken off committees and people to be put on committees. Three, three Republicans out of our 222. I want you all to know I have not done that for myself. The only thing I have done is an, is debate and, and, and request and argue amongst my peers for the right things for the rules package and for our agenda for the American people. And that's the only thing I've done. I haven't asked for one thing for my for myself. And I'm the only Republican that has zero committees. So you would think I would be the one in there asking for something, but I haven't done that. But I find out that it's my uh, Freedom Caucus. Oh, Marge, my God will friends. send you to hell for lying. She's not. She's she's not. She's not over there uh, snuggling up to Kevers because she's suddenly concerned about the quality of governance in her Republican caucus. Please, you know, you know that fool's been offered a gavel. Oh, Marge, you can have anything you want to. You want ways and means. You want appropriations. You want banking. You can have it. Yeah, I know. I know, Cynthia. I, I, I'm sorry, sis. Marjorie Trader Green, Green talking. Yuck. Vomit. Quick. Get me some ear wash. Cynthia, nothing's going to work except the ear bleach. Don't. <laughs> Captain, it was curable. They put things in our ears. So went and did that, and they asked nothing for me. Nothing. That's what I found out in there. I'm furious. Well, let me tell you something. While the conservatives that the base supports and believes in, let me let me remind everyone, they're not perfect either. Scott Perry, before his general election, refused to vote uh, against the bill that was all about the gay marriage bill. He didn't. But he he refused to vote against it. He voted for it. Then, when it came back around after his election, he was able to vote against it. Conservatives would not like that. Let me remind every, everyone this. Matt Gates, who has compared Kevin McCarthy to Paul Ryan, my friend Matt Gates, he supported Paul Ryan almost more than anyone. It's still. Almost more than anyone, teacher. <sighs> yeah. On his social media. As a matter of fact, his first vote in Congress was for Paul Ryan as speaker. And then he cheered him on for nearly a year and a half or more when people like me were at home furious at Paul Ryan's speakership because it wasn't passing the MAGA agenda. That we Lord God, sweetie, we still wish you were at home. We all supported. Chip Roy, he refused to object on January 6th. Oh, well, really? Chip Roy refused to engage in sedition against his own government? Oh, color me surprised. That's not what our base wanted. He also set out the vote for the January 6th committee. There's many more. Bob Good, $2 million from Kevin McCarthy to get elected. Lauren Boebert, under $2 million from Kevin McCarthy to get elected. Many more people have taken Kevin McCarthy's money to get elected, and then there's a few of them that don't want to support him as speaker. So imagine that. This is not anything about the country. This is all about never Kevin. They just don't like Kevin McCarthy, and you cannot be successful in anything. If you What's to like about Kevers McCarthy? 
at, at, at best, he's an empty suit, right? Yeah. And then, and I'm trying to remember who it was. Um, I, I'm not, I, may, I think it was Lauren Bobblehead Boobert. And I apologize for this because there's a she stumbled and said, our country, on TV, and nobody bleeped her. It's there. You can, if you want to dig back, you'll find it. No, maybe it was, oh, no, I think it was Elise Stupidnik, thinking back. Uh, Ron and Raleigh says, uh, subject line, George Santos. I've heard people say after calling out George Santos, if that is your name. Well, truth be known, Santos is not his name, according to records. His name is George DeVolder. Fine Ukrainian name, right? The Republicans swore this lying sack in today. I've read right-wing writers compared George Santos to Elizabeth Warren, saying that his lies were comparable to Elizabeth Warren, saying she was of Native American heritage. Thing is, she is. Do these people know the difference between a lie to someone relating a family story? Two more years, sweet Jeebus. And, of course, we know a little bit more about the uh, newly reopened investigation in Brazil uh, regarding George Santos, DeVolder, whatever. Uh, whatever. The Brazilian officials sort of abandoned the investigation because they couldn't find George. Where's George? Well, now they know where he is. And in point of fact, he stole a checkbook. He stole a checkbook and went out and bought $700 worth of clothing with said stolen checkbook. And when he was interviewed about it, admitted he had done it, you know, confessed, and then he scampered. Oh, he scampered. He scampered off. Bugger. So maybe it won't be two years of him, at least, Ron. We can hope. Yeah, I know, Darlene pointing out, going back to Nicole Wallace. Hot jeez, says Darlene, poor stupid Nicole Wallace. David Jolly often talks like a progressive, maybe more like a libertarian, but I think he became an independent, at least for a while. He would never lower himself to become a Democrat. I don't know what the hell he is, but good thing he didn't become a Dem. We don't need to dilute the Dems even more from progressivism. We're plenty diluted as it is. But as Randy Radar points out, no, it's not nine stages of grief. No, it's not 11 stages of grief. It's the five stages of grief. Denial, anger, fear, bargaining, and acceptance. Or any combination of the above. Thank you, Randy. Much obliged. Uh, Well, kind of, yeah, I think you could say that. Didn't Nicole Wallace, Scott asks, uh, help usher Sarah Palin onto the national scene, too? Oh, there's a lot of people who get to wear that button. Go Marge, says Lee in New York. Keep trashing Republicans.
keep trashing Republicans. It, there we go. That's what I need to have happen. Why is this not working? Um, that's just strange. Um, but no, uh, keep trashing Republicans. Democrats record this for the 2024 elections. Let's you and them keep fighting. One of my favorite lines. Let's you and them fight. And I don't, I don't care how nasty it gets. The nastier, the better. I mean, how, how are they going to heal these wounds? Sure, there were some oppositions to Nancy's candidacy uh, when the two, when the hundred and seventeenth Congress was sworn in, but it didn't, it you know, it didn't really have that much lasting effect because, among other things, Nancy is a leader. Kevin McCarthy is not a leader, nor will he ever be. But let's let's go back and let let Marge vent all of her spleen. Kevin McCarthy's money to get elected, and then there's a few of them that don't want to support him as speaker. So imagine that. This is not anything about the country. This is all about never Kevin. They just don't like Kevin McCarthy. And you cannot be successful in anything if you aren't able to walk in a room, make your make what you want, and get a deal done, and then walk away with the W and get to work and not worry about who you like and who you don't like. This is not about prom king. This is not about a pastor. This is about electing a person to sit in the speaker chair so that we can all get to work. And out of 222 Republicans, let me remind everyone, there's 218 votes to get something yep, She's going to do a trick. That means protect. all of us are powerful, every single faction in the Republican Party. So there's not going to be a tiny little group that is going to demand their way because they want subcommittee chairs and they want certain power positions. That is not how this works, and that is the worst thing they could do for the country. And I'm furious over it, and I'm going to continue calling them out. We will be fighting this out. Yeah, okay, good for you. Good luck with all that. And, of course, others are already referring to her as the shadow speaker. Jesus Christ, that's what she wants, isn't it? If she can't have Kevr's job, she'd like to have Steve Scalise's. Or maybe, because she's number three, maybe she'd like to have Elise Stupidnik's job. Um... Brother Deacon Asa says, I'm sorry, that bitch sounds like one of them high school characters from Alicia Silverstone's Clueless. Jesus H. Christ, can we tune into the... Asa. Jesus H. Christ, can we tune into the live feed from people walking up to the old dead guy in the Vatican? (laughs) Oh, we might be better off. God help us all. We might be, and we're you know we're we're consumed with all of this because it's like watching a slow moving train wreck. We can't help ourselves. Uh, Sumon, meanwhile, you know you know sometimes when I think about all the furniture kicking that gets gets uh, 
enabled by this program. I feel kind of bad because, you know, it hurts your toes. And uh, Walk away with a W, Suman says. What is a W? I really have no clue. Hey, Suman, neither does she. Not even one. Uh, the Jeremy in Vermont says, will someone please send that fake Georgian back to her home state of Pennsylvania? That's enough of her already, and the, year's <laughs> and the year is three days old. I know. You know, again, I didn't call it a New Year's resolution or anything because I didn't want to be doomed to fail, but changing my diet and changing my lifestyle a little bit, and I want to stick to it, and it's really important to me that I don't just upend... <sighs> A bottle of god-awful two-fingers tequila or anything. It's really necessary. I need to do this for me. And nobody's... They're not, they're not making it easy. So now we have to go... We're going to move away from the monstrosity of... This, this bad faith attempt at governance... Uh, meanwhile, Randy Radar says, I think it's like watching paint dry. Oh. <laughs> Only if the paint is breathing on the walls, Randy. Uh, so, what happened with Monday Night Football last night was horrifying. And a reminder of what a genuinely dangerous sport it is. By now you know that uh, DeMar Hamlin wears number three for the Buffalo Bills. He's a cornerback. And he, uh, he's been the leading tackler this season on the Bills D. Well, they were playing the Cincinnati Bengals last night. Last game of the season for both teams before the playoffs. And, uh, well, he did what he does. He, he made a tackle. But it was, a, it was a hard hit, as they tend to do in the NFL. And he got hit in just the right spot sufficient to stop his heart. And the video was horrifying. He got up from he got up from the tackle, stood up, and then just fell right over. His heart stopped. Uh, the term for that it's um, oh goodness me. Um, uh, commotio cordis. You strike a human being hard enough in just the right spot, and their heart will stop. It's happened over the years. Quite often, uh, it you'll see it happening in, uh, sad to say, uh, things like, you know, youth baseball, where you'll have like a 13-year-old pitcher who having thrown the ball, gets a line drive right back in the sternum and drops dead. Well, that's what happened to DeMar Hamlin 
last night. They performed CPR on him for 10 minutes. They administered oxygen. They got him on the ambulance. They started using the, the paddles. They got his heart restarted. They had him uh, uh, sedated at a hospital in Cincinnati today. As soon as he's safe to move, why don't you get him up to the Cleveland Clinic? Um, they're real good with hearts up there. It's not because, it, well, never mind. But they sedated him today so that they could intubate him. And it's just so sad. Uh, 23 years old, I think. I hope he makes a full recovery. Um, he even got a mention during the chaplain's prayer to open the session this morning in D.C., in the Capitol. It took about 1.2 milliseconds, because this country is absolutely awash in stupidity, It took about 1.2 milliseconds before the stupid started leaking out all over. The primary example being one Charlie Kirk. Uh, what, TPUSA? Who immediately jumped on Twitter to say, This is a tragic and all too familiar sight right now. Athletes dropping suddenly. Well, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Um. Lamar Hamlin is 24 years old. And what Charlie Kirk was getting at was what others were a little bit less uh, obtuse about. Well, it's all because they got that COVID vaccine. And that's, you know, of course, it's absolutely untrue. But Charlie Kirk has been hustling... Uh, bullshit COVID disinformation and has made a fortune off of it. He's blathered on ever since 2021. He's blathered on about unverified, uh, you know, the side effects. Uh, he said, I'm not anti-vaccine in general, but I'm against the mandate of the COVID-19 vaccine. And claims he's not been vaccinated against COVID-19. This is, of course, a lie. Uh, he said in October of this past year, just a few months ago, on Facebook, exposing what the media won't tell you about COVID vax side effects, and babbled on that usual line of crap about, they developed them too fast. They were rushed onto the market. Horseshit. Monoclonal antibodies and these kinds of vaccines have been in the pipeline for a decade because some people saw this shit coming and one of their favorite words because they've got to learn a big word uh, these these anti-vax goobs is uh, oh they call the vaccines cause an unusual spike in vaccine adverse events in myocarditis in heart related issues but uh, his vitals are back to normal and hopefully they'll take him out of the uh, medically-induced coma soon. (laughs) 
but now that he doesn't have to attend to business in the House of Representatives, uh, Adam Kinzinger uh, got out there right quick, addressing Charlie Kirk, and said, uh, um, You are human garbage. Because you know what? That is a true statement. You are human garbage. You want to know how bad it is? This is how bad it is. The dude who is filling who was filling in today for Alex Jones and maybe even taking his marching orders therefrom actually said and I'm not kidding actually said that uh, well no the vaccine didn't cause it That's how out there these weirdos are when, when Alex Jones is, well, then again, Alex Jones has learned a little bit about the, uh, uh, the power of a, uh, massive billion and a half dollar judgment. Oh, no. I don't want to get sued over that shit again. No, we're not gonna. We're not. We're not gonna do that. His uh, guest host was Owen Schroyer. No idea. Uh, he said, to, "Every hit in the NFL is violent." And I'm willing to say, and I don't think this is a reach, and a lot of people won't like this, but I'm sorry, it's the truth. Folks, the gentleman collapsed and had a cardiac event because of the hit. The vaccine did not cause him to collapse on the field. Anybody saying his cardiac event was not caused by the hit, I'm sorry, but you're making a fool of yourself. This is about a 30-mile-an-hour collision, and Hamlin takes direct blunt force trauma to the chest, to the heart. This has happened in sports before any vaccines. Wow. That's a thing. And, of course, when he said uh, a lot of people won't like this, well, that's because the... Uh, uh, the, the the people who live under a bell jar in the Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium, that's odd with an ODD. Uh, well, that's basically the Alex Jones audience. This is... Uh, well, this is the time that we we live in. Could someone tell me, Ron and Raleigh asks, exactly what are the policies that the Republican Party want to put forth in the 118th Congress? Other than tax cuts for the wealthy and cutting Social Security and Medicare, what do the Republicans want to do for the American people? Charlie Kirk, meanwhile, separate topic, the man whose face is too small for his head, 
is spouting the same bullshit as John Stockton, who says millions of athletes have dropped dead because of the COVID vaccines. Oh, Jesus, John Stockton. <sighs> well, among other things, Lauren Bobblehead Boobert today was barking and grunting about how uh, they, they, they want a balanced budget and, and they want term limits. You know what? Lauren Bobblehead Boobert got within a few hundred votes of experiencing firsthand the original term limits. And if there were just a few less stupid people in that district in Colorado, she wouldn't have had a word to say today. Freaking hobbit. And, no, I mean like Smeagol and Deagle's mama or whatever. So, God. Oh, and I did love this because... uh, I saw this last night after the program. Uh, General Mark Milley, when he testified before the J6 committee, which, remember, if we could somehow manage to get Liz Cheney as speaker, would continue, or at least the investigations would continue, uh, perhaps with uh, even more oomph behind the subpoena power. Um... You know, if she, if, she was, if she was to become speaker with, say, the cooperation of the Democratic caucus, um, maybe Jerry Nadler could go on being chair of the House Judiciary Committee. Who knows? I'm just thinking out loud. But way back in September, the, um, in the book about uh, Nitwit Nero from Bob Woodward and Robert Costa, they reported that... Uh, General Milley agreed with Nancy Pelosi that Nitwit Nero was, in fact, crazy. Um, But we got more detail from the J6 committee. Interviewed by the panel, he said, of the nuclear launch system... It's a very rigorous system. Uh, and said, and I told the same thing to Speaker Pelosi. I wanted, quote, to assure her that our nuclear systems and our strategic systems are very secure, that it's extraordinarily unlikely that you're going to have an accidental, illegal, or immoral launch of nuclear weapons. And then, and then as the interview with the panel went on, someone said, uh, I mean, you did, did Speaker Pelosi say, and she said, you know he's crazy, don't you? And General Milley, did you agree with that? And speaking to the investigators, he said, that's right. It's a hell of a note, isn't it? I wonder if we'll ever know exactly how close to disaster we were. Then there's the cat fight. Sorry, I guess that's a tacky term. Um, but still, between uh, uh, Carly Kloss, who is Jared Kushner's sister-in-law, and her tweets on January 6th enraged other members of the Maggot administration, 
uh, pissed off uh, uh, Iwanka's aide, pissed off Hope uh, Hopi Hicks, the the, the advisor uh, to Nitwit Nero. Because what she said on January 6th was, accepting the results of a legitimate democratic election is patriotic. Refusing to do so and inciting violence is anti-American. This then caused Julie Radford, who was an aide to I, a precious princess Iwanka, my daddy Trump Kushner, well, it sent her up a tree. Hopi texted Julie and said, I'm so done. Does she get how royally fucked they all are now? And one day he ended every future opportunity that doesn't include speaking engagements at the local Proud Boys chapter. Meow. Yeah. And all of us that didn't have jobs lined up will be perpetually unemployed. I'm so mad and upset. We're all unemployable and untouchable. We all look like domestic terrorists now. Julie Radford wrote back and said, Well, Visa also sent me a blow-off email today. And Hopi responded, Not being dramatic, but we are all fucked. Schadenfreude. Such a fun word. And uh, among other, you know, Elisa Farrah Griffin is over on the View now, and when she testified, she said, "Listen, most of the people around him knew the, the, the election wasn't stolen. Of course not. And yeah, but they still went along with it. Somewhere along the way, that's got there's got to be something prosecutable out of that." And, uh, oh, we've got a little bit more information about Brian Koberger, the libertarian who slaughtered four people in uh, Moscow, Idaho, at an off-campus apartment. Well, we're finding out a little bit more about his behavior while he's been while he's been in jail in Pennsylvania after having been uh, apprehended. And charged with those murders. He has not been what one would call a model inmate. Even if he's held on a pretrial basis. Uh, a 50-year-old woman named Valerie Cipollina was... Um, incarcerated for about six hours while he was in there. And she was close enough to hear him, uh, well, to hear him. She was there for about six hours on New Year's Day on a domestic violence charge. And she said uh, she heard him yelling at the... Uh, 
at the guards. I'll cut them. I'll cut you. You come in here and I'll cut you. I'm going to pee on your face. Do what you want with me. I don't give a shit. Um, Valerie Cipollina said, I could see him through the polycarbonate glass window of his jail cell. He was standing up right against it, yelling out violent rap lyrics. And then she went on to say that he uh, tried to flash his dick at her over the six hours that she was there in the Monroe County Jail. She said, I couldn't see his genitals because the glass wall only went down so far. But she did hear the guards ordering Brian Koberger to put his pants back on. At which point, the uh, young 28-year-old libertarian said, Come on in, motherfucker. You come in here. Let's talk. Come in, all of you. You scared of me? You should be scared of me. You're going to do nothing to me because I'm going to cut all of you up. Come into this cell. I'll show you I'm a creeper. Come in this cell and I'll cut you up too. Two. You know, she heard all of that. One would presume it's probably on video as well. I, I don't know. We, we We may have the third decade of the 21st century version of a Charlie Manson in the making. If he cuts a swastika in his forehead, we'll, we'll know. Yeah, I agree with you, Cynthia. Cynthia adding, I hope these repiglicon wounds don't hurt too little. Oh, I hope they fester for a while, like, you know, the next two years. Hey, Theo. Theo says, thanks for calling out the opportunists trying to relate DeMar Hamlin's horrifying medical emergency with their dumbass COVID conspiracy theories. I technically died during cataract surgery in 1986 due to an anesthetic reaction and had to undergo frantic resuscitation efforts before I could breathe on my own again. Mr. Hamlin's in for quite a bit of care before he's fully back to normal. And I hope he gets the best that there is. I... What a horrible thing for you to have to go to go through. I'm 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 sorry, Theo. Uh, yep. Yeah, uh, back well, a little over a year ago, when I was down in Birmingham, one of the reasons I woke up in so much pain was because they had turned my spinal off because my heart went into tachycardia on the table, and so I think they dumped. Oh, okay, stop that, and they got me sewed up and got me. Yeah, and I woke up in a oh, mm, unlike anything I've ever known. And so I here I here we are. I have Phil Robster uh, over half of the program away. We got two hundred and eighty dollars for a fundraising goal this evening. If we could raise that, it would be a lot better than having a five hundred and eighty dollar fundraising goal tomorrow. We just try to it, it, it runs about three hundred dollars a day, and if we could knock that down, it would be huge. We got a great start yesterday, thanks to Max and everybody who jumped in. And if we could, if we could do something, something similar, it would be profoundly helpful. It really, really would. 
And so we've got folks on both lines. Let's go over to uh, the stress line and see who's there. Hey, welcome to the program. Robin Eastman, can you hear me? I got you, Jerry. How are you, hon? Or is this... Wait. No, this is Mark. Yeah, this is me. Oh, Jerry, is that you? That's me. Okay, good deal. Can you hear me? Well, you're a little, you're a little shaky. You're a little breaky-uppy. How about this? Mm, not yet. Keep at it. Is that better? Okay, getting better. Okay. Oh, no, we're back. We're back to it again. Nope, you're all breaking up again. How about now? Nope, still no good. Mm, no. Not, pr- not trying to be difficult. All right, try again. Mm, no. Sorry. Maybe if you stand on... Yes, yes. This is this is one yeah this is one long Verizon commercial. Can you hear me now? Verizon commercial. One minute it's good and the next minute it's bad. I don't know where you are, but or how many bars you have. But uh, here I I got the the, the the laugh came through, but dialogue doesn't. And I'm sitting literally under the cell phone. That might be the problem. I don't know. I'm going to be better right now. That was weird. How are you doing tonight? Uh, you know, I'm okay. It's been it's been a zany day. It's it's been it's been good for me. <laughs> now, uh, Jerry, you are you're 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 breaking up. Maybe uh, maybe let me put you back on hold. You ring off, uh, ring back in, and uh, and try to get a little further away from the tower. Maybe that'd help. Or away from metal and stuff. And in the meantime, we'll we will run over to uh, the Skype line. Hey, Scott. Hey, Robin. How are you? Ah, just absolutely magnificent. I'm gonna hook Jerry up with my phone guy. <laughs> I don't think it's the tower. I would what, what, find out what he's on. There's two Dixie cups in a string. Don't cut it in today's world. Yeah, it was it was it was bad. So. Some sometimes Jerry sounds great, and sometimes it's um, sketchy. Yeah, I know how that works. Well, I was you know I was going to call yesterday, and then you had uh, 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 Mr. Uh, Dan uh, Fisher, just Dan, Dan Fisher. Yeah. Couldn't think of his name, his his first name, and he's always fun. I always like his stories. He's. Uh, I'll bet you that over a couple of drinks in a bar somewhere. He could regale us all with, uh, you know, tales of showbiz, and I like that stuff. What was that show that he worked on that I'm a big fan of? I can't remember what it was. He what, about a year ago when he called, he was talking about the various shows that he's. Well, on. I mean, he did a nice long while on Law and Order. No, I was not much of a Law and Order fan, although I did like the crossover episodes. In the late '90s, with uh, homicide, homicide, life on the street. Did you ever watch that series when it was on, or get the DVDs? I, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, that I went through. I went through a period of not watching much television. 
you know, just that was in the uh, uh, 90s when it was on. It was on like from 99 through about 2006. It ran about seven seasons on Friday nights on NBC. And I'm telling you, prior to shows like Mad Men and Breaking Bad, it was some of the best television that you could ever watch. And it had great guest stars. It had a solid cast. Do you know you know the premise of Homicide, Life on the Street? Um, offhand, no. I think it was uh, David Simon. Isn't he a screenwriter and a director? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this the one that was set in Baltimore? Yes, in the uh, police station in Baltimore. And I am telling you, it was, I don't know that it won any awards. I think it won a couple of Emmys. Gritty realism. Oh, it was it was just magnificent. And uh, a few seasons in, they did two or th- uh, two or three uh, 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 episodes in a row, which involved a crossover with a, a number of the characters from uh, Law and Order, like uh, Sam Watterson. And wasn't there a Benjamin Bratt or somebody? Yeah, we talked there? about Benjamin Bratt last night. Oh my God. Uh, uh, it, uh, just an incredible, and I mean, everybody from James Earl Jones to Robin Williams, every uh, star of that era that you could think of sooner or later was a guest on that show. And the writing was superb. The direction was superb. The acting was superb. And I, the last time I checked, I bought the uh, all the DVDs each year as they came out. And then about a year and a half ago, there was a collection of all of them on uh, either Blu-ray or DVD. And um, they were, I mean, you, you cannot, you back in for that era over commercial television, it was a stellar uh, presentation, just flawless in all regards. Homicide, life on the street that uh, if you like uh, TV shows with some wit and some humor and some pathos and some drama and some great direction and writing and characters. Look for it on Amazon. You can probably get the whole seven uh, series, uh, seven seasons plus the uh, made for TV movie about two years later. Uh, and it's some of the best television. It kind of usher, ushered in the current golden age of uh, things like Mad Men and uh, like the Sopranos and things like that. It was like a forerunner to that caliber of, of television. And, uh, you know, if you like good quality, engaging television, uh, you can't go wrong buying that whole uh, thing and just binge out over a couple of months' time, and you'll thank me later. So that's my plug for the day. Cool. I, and I, I do. I just... Time for time for TV is short, and you know you say it was like in, or on in the early aughts. Well, I know why I wasn't watching it then. Um, why? Why is that? Because I I don't. That was long, that was even before the show was on. This show wasn't it? Um, no, I mean I, I started I started doing the show in two thousand four, and before that yeah. I was working I was working a job where the uh, shift ended at nine p.m. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm sure they had VCRs back in that era. No, that was that was the that was that, that was the era of a lot of Teletubbies and Barney the Dinosaur and. Oh, that's right. Yeah, with children. Yeah. Yeah. I, or unless you and uh, Annette watched it. I, 
<laughs> well, we did by default. Don't even. <laughs> you know what I couldn't stand in the mid '90s when I moved from uh, Tulsa to Cincinnati. I was with a lady and her her young daughter, who was like at that time about six or seven, something like that. And she was just hooked on the film Beauty and the Beast with the singing teapot and all. And if I never hear any of that again, you know, with Angela oh, that's Lansbury, burned into my brain. So is Little Mermaid. <laughs> but they, oh but God. but the, but those 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 <laughs> animated uh, those animated Disney classics uh, have different meanings for me now. No, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. But well, anyway, I, yeah. I didn't mean to get off onto that uh, topic, but. Uh, whenever, whatever happened to her, I don't know, that's, that was in the nineties, Robin, when I, I well, was, I mean, Mrs. Potts recently died. Yeah, I know. Uh, the way well, that's, which one was she, she, was she the singing teapot? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, uh, I liked her on Murder, She Wrote and some other, uh, you ever see the, the I thought Murder, movie? She Wrote was the best television series about a serial killer I had ever watched. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, I always kept telling her to move out of that town because people were constantly being bumped off. She was the killer. Yeah. The, there was It was an entire series about the, the way that she would set up her innocent victim. She would kill one innocent victim and then set up some poor patsy. And she just went from town to town no, offing no, people. No, no, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I know better than that. But did you ever see the original Manchurian Candidate where she was... Oh, Lord, yes. Mother? Yes. Oh, my God. You talk about a chilling... Evil. Uh, the, Evil. Oh, oh, just... And what was that guy's name who was her husband in that? Just this sort of wimpy, milquetoast fellow. And I believe he was on My Favorite Martian. I forget the actor's name, but he was the... Uh, he, oh, God, that's a long time ago, back in the 60s, but... Oh, maybe it was James somebody. Somebody can look it up. The guy that played on uh, My Favorite Martian, and I, I just cannot call his name, but he was a character actor in the 50s and 60s and just, but he, I don't know. God, now see, I didn't call about any of this. No, uh, naturally, no. <laughs> no, I had, a, I had a feeling you were calling about today's shenanigans, and if ever... And, oh, and, oh, and on the fucking TV on a C-SPAN, my God! And if, and and you know what? Uh, uh, bless Joe Biden's heart for reintroducing the term into our lexicon, because today, today, the House of Representatives was simply awash in malarkey. Malarkey, yeah, that's just the word, isn't that just the word? I, uh, <laughs> I'm telling you. If it wasn't so serious, it, it would be funny. But it is—it's it, nothing short of pathetic. It—it it just these people, these people cannot. It's like I think I quoted—I'll quote myself. I think I sent you an email to this effect. They're like the bull in the china shop. No, I, yep, I, I read it on air. Okay, all right, and I'm telling you. I, I'm just not happy with uh, that crew, and we've got what a year, two, two years more of this, or year and some months, and and this is what you get. This is what you get when you put them in charge of anything. They're just a totally inept, corrupt, uh, 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 malcontented, uh, 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 oh, just a bunch of. Uh, 
I don't know if rapscallion is the word, but that's an old word that I happen to like. And well, you know, Ron and Raleigh earlier suggested it's time to haul out words that don't that blow the dust off some words that we haven't used in a while. Things like pillock and poltroon and mountebank. Well, I know mountebank, but I don't know those others. Are, they, are these like uh, bad designations for folks? Yes, they are pejoratives. Uh, folks with uh, uh, bad uh, intent and uh, motives and just just evil fucks. I'm sorry. I don't mean to paint with so broad a brush, but good Lord. It, it's just – and I got to the point where I said, well, I've got to watch it because sooner or later – they're, they're going to vote and it's going to work out in somebody's favor. I don't I don't know who, it, you know, probably McCarthy. But then again, they, what are they up to the fourth one that they're going to do on what, Wednesday or something? It's, yeah, it's, tomorrow, tomorrow morning begins with ballot four. And I don't care if it goes to ballot nine hundred and sixty two. They want they need they, they, <laughs> And the th- but but well the fact of the matter is a uh, uh, marginal trailer queen, of course, is never going to have more's the pity any problem getting elected by the mouth walking knuckle breathers uh, there in the 14th congressional district of Georgia. Damn it! Oh no, she's set for life if she wants. But 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 the you know. Uh, people like Lauren Bobblehead Bubert again. She only won by a few hundred votes. If they're you know, if, if the collective IQ of that district in Colorado had been maybe two points higher, she wouldn't have been sitting there running her yap today. Yeah. But then again, if she hadn't gotten in, well, we it, it wouldn't be nearly as chaotic. But as is often the case, Scott, I wasn't thinking so much about the people who were there as the ones who weren't. You, you know, mean, you can, as I mentioned with Dan last night, uh, you can you can take a look at New York and oh, some yeah. brand new Republican representatives. Not the well, actually, the least of whom is George Santos. You know, he was heard to say today, you know, Kevin McCarthy was with me there when we stormed the beaches at Normandy, and I'm going to be there for him today. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I another uh, an- another news outlet came up to him and he said, "Well, you know, Kevin McCarthy was there with me as we manned the walls of the Alamo against the forces of Santa Ana, and I'm going to be there for him today." Kevin McCarthy was with me that brutal winter at Fort Clatsop and. What is now Washington State when we were with the Corps of Discovery with Lewis and Clark, and How I'm going to be with him today. How would he look in one of those French Foreign Legion caps with the flap down the back? I mean, he could be in any of those. Put him with Errol Flynn and some of those other stars of the 40s, and he'd fit right in, you know? And so, Yeah, and then, I, he'd, and, and, and then he'd steal their checkbooks <laughs> out of their trailers. You're damn right he would. Steal the pennies off a dead man's uh, eyes. I, I just, I, I just. After a while, I said, "Well, all right, I'll watch it, but I won't pay any attention." I'll. Oh, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was lucky because uh, uh, my big sis, uh, Miss Terry, called on her lunch break, and we 
or was running commentary. We watched it together and giggled a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I just uh, it, it 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 yeah. I can't say it was entertaining. It was just. It, it, oh, it was entertaining. Well, I mean, on on some level, I guess you could say that there was some entertainment. I mean, if you had if if you had. If you had watched it from the beginning of the series, which is to say from this morning when they were screaming at each other behind closed doors and Kevers was saying things like, I deserve this! And and, and Clanny Oakley was shouting back, Bullshit! Well, I mean... A lot of that stuff, that drama, the real drama goes on in those cloakrooms, I hear... Well, that's that's you know? where all this was good, and they were you know they were making their it was it was like a terrorist hostage taking situation. They were making their demands, and absolutely not. You know, yesterday he promised us that we'd have single vote uh, single vote to vacate, and now he says we can't. Can you imagine that, Scott? I I well actually all of it defies. We're. Are we in uncharted territory? I mean, do they know that the Democrats are over there? I mean, wouldn't that be sauce for the goose is sauce for the gander? Single vote motions to vacate? Oh, I'm sure there's fine print that says except for, you know, if you got a D after your name. You know, I, that's just how petty and, and, and you know, one-sided they are. I, they don't... Uh, because it's never, it's never an, an equal distribution of choice and power and stuff. It's always the, the the party in control always has the upper hand, no matter how you slice the bread or cut the cards. I mean, that's even when we're in charge. There's that element of, you know, majority rule. Uh, I guess it's implicit or built into the. Uh, to the issue of, of uh, majority rule, but at least when we do it, well, but that's some... the thing. There was no there was no majority rule today. They had three ballots. Hakeem Jeffries won all of them. Hakeem Jeffries had a majority every time. Didn't matter. Well. I, I, it's just it's disheartening is what it is it it's and that it, it if if more people in more places voted blue or voted like they had some sense okay we wouldn't be in this mess and it it wasn't the usual way after a democratic win for the presidency the first election two years hence it wasn't exactly a wave. It's barely a puddle. It was barely a ripple. Okay. It was a dribble. It was a red but dribble. It, a dribble. Okay. Well, now that conjures up some imagery, imagery, which I won't even get into. But you get what I mean. It's like if more people had taken the time to vote as if they had some sense, it, you know, more people in more places voted intelligently and responsibly we could have avoided how do you get to the point where more people do that well how do we do it i mean do do, 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 have you have you have you seen the average republican voter lately well no i'm not even talking about i mean they show up for the focus groups with the little beanies on with the propellers on the top for christ's sakes 
<laughs> I used to have one. Of they those. sit there pulling their. They sit there picking their toenails and then they pick their teeth with the clippings. Well, I never did that, but you get what I mean. I, I'm sure I did. Oh, you know, I, 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 Donald Trump was the greatest, well, the greatest president we ever had. I think that's a popcorn <laughs> hole. <laughs> I hate when popcorn hog gets caught back there. I've never heard now, of it. Now, this is going to take a big toenail clipping. That's what this is going to yeah, take. Never heard of it uh, getting stuck in your gum, but I guess I guess anything's possible. If you're a toothless wonder, you have to improvise, I guess. But that's, I, but anyway, I, I just, uh, I, I, I just had to, it's like a car wreck. I think you said it was my car Slow moving train wreck. You had to watch it because it's just one car goes and then the next car and then and by that time you're slowing down you're going bet you the next car is going to go too don't don't want to miss it though will it zig to the left or will it zig to the right of the track you know you start taking bets on that shit but I don't know I I just it, it's it it's it just it's it, it's irritating it's it's sad making. It, it's more than you can bear sometimes, but yet... Well, the fact of the matter is, it's, it's, it's not a good sign for this to happen. It, it, we're, the, shot, the schadenfreude comes with a, with, a, uh, with, a, with, a, with a side of grief, because this is a government that does not know how to function, or this is a government that has enough bad actors in it to prevent it from functioning. Well, it's a deliberate uh, non-intention in the manner matter of uh, functioning. That they're 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 diametrically opposed to functioning. Where's the fun in that? I mean, they you know, to the to the extent that dysfunction can be the rule of of the day, that's what they rely on. They it's all about human suffering. Uh, the, 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 their intention in the matter is to make as many people suffer as much as is humanly possible. And if you can include pets and, and children in, in the equation, uh, uh, even more so. They want to do that. They, 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 there's no human decency or compassion or human interest or or any any value or 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 positive attribute that most human beings are likely to have you're not going to find it in this crew and and the trouble of it is you people can go through two years of this and then get to election day in 2024 and still do the same goddamn thing or worse yet sit home with their thumb stuck somewhere and i don't mean you know to pull out a plum uh, like what's his name in the nursery rhyme, the, the Tom uh, Thumb or whoever it was. You just there's just, there's just there doesn't seem to be an end to it. It's like it, you know, rinse, wash, and repeat. And and how long can can the country survive with deliberate dysfunction as the alternative to rationality and decency? And, and wanting to move forward in some, you know, with the eye toward progress and betterment. I mean, how long can the country... Uh, I mean, look, I, I, I know it may, it may seem a bit over the top because, you know, there aren't armies in the field actually shooting at each other. 
And I, I know it's not your job to reassure any of us. No, but and, oh, and speaking, speaking of which, uh, you know, they, they asked George Santos where, how he was voting. He said, you know, Kevin McCarthy was with me when we fired on Fort Sumter, and I'm going to be there with him. <laughs> um, but, no, there's, you know, the, the, union, the union and the boys in Butternut are not out shooting at each other in the field. But as I mentioned last night, I've, I've had the Gettysburg Address on my mind. Because, for instance, you know, the last time we had this problem, the longest, the greatest number of ballots, or ballots, 62, was that what it was, uh, Lee in New York? Uh, for like Elohim J. Banks or something. Uh, that was more than that, wasn't it? Yeah, maybe it was 100, maybe, no, maybe it was 162. It went like three months or something, didn't it? Nine yeah, days. and 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 it was eighteen fifty-five. Yeah, in the run-up to the to the war, and shit was going sideways day day in and day out. Um, because the the government uh, Nathaniel P. Banks, eighteen fifty-five, sixty-two days, hundred and thirty-three ballots. There you go. Two months wasn't three months. Yeah, for two months. Yeah. But the th- but the th- but the thing is, you know, the government was falling apart, and everybody knew it. Um, uh, James J. Buchanan would not yet take be be president of the United States. You know, our only bachelor president. Uh, he's he's the guy who, uh, and and this is not a joke. He slept with a he. he he slept because Washington D.C. was kind of a small and dodgy place then, and I guess guys spent slept two and three to a bed, some four sometimes. That's yeah. mixed up, muddled up, yeah, whatever. Um, but he had a powerful relationship with a senator from Alabama, I think. Named Rufus J. King, and while the apologists will say, "Well, you know, I mean, just because they slept together, you know, I mean, uh, Abraham Lincoln slept with men when he was riding circuit as a lawyer in Illinois." True, absolutely true. Um, probably for warmth. Well, yeah, 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 and for lack of space. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes there was a little harmonica music. I don't know. Well, you couldn't uh, order a sleep number bed back in those days, Robin. No, I and realized they, that they had to write. And you have no idea how difficult it is to send a dick pic via a telegraph on 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 the earliest versions of Grinder. Yeah, is that a dot or a dash? Uh, what does he say? <laughs> sorry, <laughs> he's trying to show me something. But the but the fact of the matter is, Rufus J. King. Uh, continued to be dear friends with President Buchanan even after he entered the White House to the point that everybody else in Washington referred to President Buchanan's dear friend Rufus J. King as Nancy. Really? Her name was McGill, but she called herself Lil, but everyone (laughs) knew her as Nancy. (laughs) Rocky, you've met your match. <laughs> Jesus, Where does, how does this program get here? Uh, but 
but but the fact of the matter is that country, the country was falling apart, and so eventually, Abraham Lincoln would be elected president. He would be snuck in with the aid of the Pinkertons, and what a filthy history they would go on to have. On uh, the nighttime uh, train trip. Yeah, from Baltimore to Washington D.C. And I think he stayed at the Willard. In fact. Oh yes. And neither you nor I, if we pooled all our money, could uh, could afford a night at the Willard. Well, it wasn't um, always that way, though. Remember no, it was. No, it wasn't. You. But uh, uh, didn't huh. didn't the uh, didn't the January sixth conspirators stay at the Willard? But anyway, well, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm I'm getting I'm getting I'm getting ahead of myself. So in 1863, um, you know, the Battle of Gettysburg took place in July of 1863, and by about November of 1863, they had finally picked up all the pieces of people and created a national cemetery there. And Lincoln was invited there, and he wrote it, Apparently, uh, maybe this is apocryphal. He wrote it on the back of an envelope uh, and was going to be brief because he was being preceded by one of those uh, great orators of the time, (laughs) the best-known orator of the time, one Edward Everett, who went on for some 13,000 words. Yeah. That he delivered without notes. All of them ponderous. Uh, ponderous, man, ponderous. <laughs> so there were references to Pericles and the Battle of Marathon, the English Civil Wars, Wars of the Roses, <laughs> you know, the, the war, the War of the Spanish Succession, the Wreck uh, of the Hesperus. So you yes, know the, the, definitely the Wreck of the, the Hesperus. Song, song of Hiawatha. You know, get you goomy and all that good stuff. And so Lincoln know, Lincoln feels like he's really going to be upstaged here. And being president of the United States was not that big of a deal back then, even though there was a civil war going on. Um, but he asked a question. It was 272 words. I remember memorizing it. I played Abe Lincoln in fifth grade. Ne- Shut up, Robin. Don't know. Save your relatability for your friends. Did you wear the beard? Yes, the and the hat. Yeah. Oh, I wish I had pictures of that. I'd pay for that. Oh, somewhere there are, but that, they probably. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, four score and seven years ago, did your voice change? How old were you? Fifth grade, what? Ten, eleven, maybe. Oh, you didn't even have like peach fuzz. You were. No, I sounded a lot like this. A little prat of a child, yeah, like uh, like uh, Sherman on Mister Peabody cartoons. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. See, <laughs> see, we're back to how June. How do I know I wasn't there in a different form or something? Yeah, we're back to June Foray. Yeah. Um, but he asks a question in the second paragraph. He says, we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. And Hell of a question. that's just been resonating with me for the past couple of years. And the other side has been calling for civil war. 
And I don't, you know, and, and you know, the, then there's the piece, well, you know, let the South go, for God's sakes. We were wrong. We were wrong. We were wrong, okay? Y'all should have been able to. And it's just, oh, it's troubling. Um, but the, the but the thing is, we are presented with the, you know, January 6th presents us with the same question. Everything from the Trump administration forward presents us with the same question. Whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. Yeah. Because in 1863, yeah. when he writes this, there were not just a shit ton of examples of successful democracies out there. Uh, well, not only the that, Swiss, the, and that's about it. The circumstances lent themselves to asking that question and meaning it. Didn't they? I mean, it was the answer was uncertain. That's why he posed it. I mean, I guess in his heart, he felt that we'd prevail, that the union would prevail and stay together. Well, that was that was the because well, two things happened in July of eighteen sixty-three. Oh Jesus, she's going down. She's going off down the history no, trail. This is good. This um, is, this fits the uh, uh, Grant and. Um, Sherman besieged Jackson, or not Jackson, uh, but, um, uh, oh, come on, Mississippi. Um, Vicksburg, Mississippi. Um, Vicksburg, yeah, Mississippi. Yeah. And basically hammered the shit out of the Confederacy in the West. The Confederacy had absolutely no luck in the West whatsoever, beginning with Shiloh, and, but anyway. And then Meade in Pennsylvania, you know, Robert E. Lee, it was his last desperate attempt. He was going to march his army into into Pennsylvania. Told him to, all, to you know told told his told his traitors to behave themselves and not rape or pillage or anything. And the whole idea was that they were going to come down and put, put pressure on Washington D.C. to get a negotiated settlement. It, it was an end run, coming around long way to achieve a, a similar. Well, result. he was trying. He was trying to take the war to the north. Yeah. And make them experience the pain that the South had, yada yada. Uh, but he got, but he winds up getting his ass handed to him at Gettysburg, and Lord God, civil civil war nerds go back and forth over whether Burnside didn't move fast enough, or you know, all these excuses to try to come up with 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 a way to explain, you know, what if Stonewall Jackson hadn't been shot by some drunk ass Tar Heel from North Carolina at Chancellorsville? It, it goes on and on and on. It's really tiresome. But it's fun if you got a. But it's also fun if you got a bottle of brown liquor sitting around and the right people having the conversation. The entire enterprise lends itself to all manner of what ifs. But the problem with what ifing the Civil War, Scott, is that sooner or later you get outed as somebody who wishes the South had won. Some people do. because that's the only reason for what ifing Gettysburg. That somehow the South could have come out with a win. And it's icky. It's it evil and wrong. Um, but what I, what I was what I was getting at is that Meade put the kibosh on Lee in 1863. Vicksburg falls in uh, on July 4th, 1863, and they did not celebrate the Fourth of July in Vicksburg, Mississippi, for another hundred years because you know the. The, the poor besieged people of Vicksburg were reduced to eating rats. Damn. 
Pity you had to commit treason, ain't it? Well, uh, sometimes that goes with the territory. But no, Lincoln Lincoln was far from convinced that it was over. This was these were two hundred and seventy two words to try to get people to understand the 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 nature of the sacrifice and what was still at stake. Because you know he uses uh, he uses the present tense. We are engaged in a great civil war. It's not like well we've got them licked. Hell no. The the outcome is far from certain at this point, and he gets deathly ill coming home from Gettysburg and is effectively not really president for like six weeks or more. Got a bad hoagie. No, well we don't we don't maybe he got some bad scrapple. Scrapple, uh, there you go. <laughs> maybe some getta. Uh, but but the, 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 there was a presidential crisis, and the the country was far from secured. And so he's asking these questions, and suddenly the questions are askable again. As much Schadenfreude as attended today and will attend tomorrow until they manage to figure out how to have a speaker. Um, and hopefully it's not Kevers, and it's not Jim Short, uh, Jim Jacket off Jordan, and it's not uh, Steve Scalise or any of these other goons. I'm still, I'm still looking for a sort of Deus ex machina out of this whole thing. Well, because I'm pretty sure that Hakeem Jeffries is a lot smarter than Kevers McCarthy, or at least stupidnik. Well, obviously. Or I mean, God somebody, knows Jim Shorts Jordan. Somebody on one of the shows was talking about a, I believe, a former member of Congress, and 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 having that person uh, step up and volunteer as speaker, as someone who would be acceptable to both the, uh, some of the Republicans and and probably most of the Democrats. But I can't remember who that was because I was doing something else when I was listening to it. On the uh, one name, I, I can't remember the name off the bat, but the, the, it's a, a former member of the House from North Carolina. Is there an Upton? Was there an Upton in the Oh, House? Fred Upton? I believe that is who, it, who, who they mentioned. Yeah, well, I, I mean, yeah, he, he, he voted to impeach Trump, so I don't know how. Maybe, maybe. Uh, well, he, if he voted to impeach Trump, then that, he's already persona non grata to that crew. A lot of them. Uh, I want to try something real quick because I got Todd jumping in here too. Oh, Todd is just. But I may lose you. If I do lose you, call back, okay? Uh, on the Skype. Yeah. Okay. Are you still there? Am I? I'm here. And Todd's. The, I don't I, know how. Todd okay, this is bizarre. It. I've never done this before. This is bizarre. Brazier. Merge. Merge. Bizarre. Quit it. <laughs> Todd, baby. What did I what did, what did I do to get you lit up and called, Todd? Probably something <laughs> I said. Scott, how yeah. you guys doing? Spiffy. So much shit going on. I'll right. let the guy. I'll let the guy speak for himself. And, and uh, I'm sorry. So seriously, like I had, text, I mean, you know, this is we're a new. This is fucked up, man. Our country's falling apart. You can't. They can't even elect a speaker. They're like. They're like going fast forward through the wigs. The no nothings. They they like driving new lows real quick here. Um, but you know what's interesting? What? 
this is exactly what Putin would want, the disintegration of our country. Uh, you're right. And, and this goes back to, you know, Lincoln uh, wondering if this democracy could stand because there weren't a lot of examples. And, of course, Putin, Putin's thesis for years has been um, democracy is, is, is liberal, does not have family values, tolerates with democracy you get gender uncertainty. Todd, you will never know how great minds think alike. Earlier today, as I was watching this unfold, the, the, the Latin phrase, que bono, popped into my little head. And I'm thinking, who benefits Was from... that Sonny's brother? No, no, you're thinking... <laughs> Never mind, go ahead. I, I'm thinking, what I was thinking was, who benefits in this dysfunction? They, it's, they're not certainly doing it for shits and grins. And I'm not saying it's Putin that benefits, but certainly, even, even unintentionally, he's going to benefit because anytime we're dysfunctional, he likes it. Well, exactly, Scott. And, yeah. and maybe, you know what? And I'm glad you, you see, it's good to talk about these things because if you keep it in your head too much, it doesn't really flesh out. Let but me. remember, remember World War II, there were the Axis powers, right? So yeah. maybe, you know, sometimes your friend is your friend until they're not. So maybe it's North Korea, China, and Russia. And, and who knows, Iran. You know, because the Iranians, they're, they're really good at this uh, at these little uh, bots and, and viruses and such on your computer. And all that uh, group that you mentioned, none of us, none of them want the best for us, ever. No, no. And 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 you know, and I'm glad more people are are tuning in to the the destruction, the the witnessing of, of the destruction of America via Washington Journal, because you hear some crazy... There, there, are, there are so many people... Who oh, are like, okay I, like I, I, the, Todd, I don't know if you heard earlier, but I, we tuned in for a minute, and it did not take 15 minutes before, bless her heart, Annette, Annette reached over and grabbed the bottle and just took a swig. I didn't even know the bottle was still there, but she's like, nope, I can't, I can't go through this without a little help. She grabbed the Panther Piss early in the morning. <laughs> actually, it was actually it was actually it was the it was the vodka. Oh Jesus! You're serious? Okay. But so she didn't I, even I mean bother it. with the formality of orange juice. No, 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 no. <laughs> the only thing she didn't do was throw the lid, lid away and say, "We're not going to need this anymore." Was it that woman <laughs> calling Washington Journal that said the off? West Virginia woman? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And what they done did to our our dear beloved Donald President Trump, best president ever had in this country ever. Honey, hand me the bottle. <laughs> it's yeah, time yeah. for a swig. Actually, it was more like, "Damn it, give me that." Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well, speaking of morning programs, also uh, apparently, according to Morning Joe. Um, there, there's some testimony, some type of material uh, that would indicate that Nancy Pelosi contacted General Miley to make sure. Yes. That Trump did not yeah, we were talking. Uh, yeah, I was talking. We were talking about that uh, just before we went oh, into the calls. Just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. Uh, she agreed. You know, my, uh, Millie agreed with with Nancy. Yeah, he crazy. See, but. All right, so so you can understand how the mag is going to react to that, right? 
I mean, that literally in their in their mind, it's like, see, they this is why they're going to try to impeach people because of shit like that. I mean, because on the face of it, of course it looks bad, but we have to look at who we're dealing with. And I'm trying to, you know, play the devil's advocate, obviously, but this is what happens when you have incompetent and unqualified people who who are there to subvert and and you know take things under their wing for their own interest, and we weren't ready for that. And, and now look where we are. But this this whole it's not even about Trump anymore. It's about all these all these people following him. My God, these people are repentant. Yeah, they, they are. Out. They are. Maybe this is the wrong. You're the social scientist, um, but they don't need Trump anymore, Todd. They are self actualizing. Hey, They're self actualizing. Is that the? Yeah, have, yeah, I, have I got the right phrase? Isn't it a well, case? Maslow, isn't... Maslow would say that, that they're they're reaching they're at the top of their pyramid on their own volition. Isn't it the case that Trump was the carrier? I mean, when you think of it as an as an epidemic or a disease, that the Trump he was a vector. Bro- bro- he was the vector. The vector. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, the carrier is the vector, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, because remember, it was always here. Now, now, you know, people are really digging in now, like historians and folks who are just interested. It's always been here. We've always had this, this portion of America, except that it's always been held at bay. Yeah, we've managed to but keep now, it in check. We've managed to keep it in check. And we all remember, we're all of a certain age, uh, especially black folks, we know exactly what happened when Reagan came in. That was the end of disco, and it was just too much, and then Boy, oh boy, the hammer came down hard. And and then even that's what pissed me off with Joe this morning. He's talking about Thatcher. Oh, he liked Thatcher. And I'm like, yeah, well, she's just a female Reagan. You know, no, I'm not I'm not hyped on that. Because I always think about Brixton when they bring up Margaret Thatcher, you know, what she did to the Brixtonites. And so I'm not cool with that. Yeah, but, I, remember, I remember the first time I heard the guns of Brixton on uh, the Clash's London calling. Mm-hmm. See, they, yeah, I mean, a lot of Americans don't even understand what I'm talking about. But, it, you know, she she wasn't no nice person. She was, you know. But oh, we, she was we, a uh, horror. Uh, huh? She was a horror. You know, what what she, what, oh, she, yeah. what, she, what she did what she did to coal miners in, in, in uh, the U.K.? Jesus. She was bad news. Bad news for the Labor Party and, and just bad news. But this, yeah, but this she whipped, thing, she whipped the shit out of some remote islands off of Argentina now, didn't she? Oh, the Falkland. Yeah, how about that? We ain't never seen no shit like that. We're like, what? Like, really? Like, she couldn't she couldn't wait to get her little imperialism on. Oh, she had to do it. I bet she had some... Anyway. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't mean to get that sidetracked. But, no, it's, you know, I, I do uh, that. That's that's on me. Well, so so literally though, I mean, this is this is kind of we're we're in some bad territory here. But uh, I I just I don't know. Biden is looking more presidential every day you now compared to this bullshit we're dealing with. These these people are out of control. Oh, dark Brandon is not to be fucked with. Well. Um, and and do you, you know, I, I wonder. I wonder if they had. I kind of think they couldn't not 
because you know, smart people. But, you know, we had that story right before the new year about how White House counsel sent that letter back to Jim Shorts and uh, James Comer saying, no, nah, y'all got to do this all over again. You don't have power yet, so fuck off. Mm-hmm. Because Jim Shorts Jordan was acting like, uh, you know, he was acting like he was already chairman of House Judiciary. Well, tonight he's going to go to sleep with visions of being Speaker of the House in his head. Because, he, you know, he polled 20 whole votes for Speaker. And he's not liked by the majority of... I keep hoping there's at least a moral or, or a, you know, a morsel of a moral somewhere in that House caucus. And you can't... You can't feel good standing next to a guy who looked, who was told what was going on and looked at, looked the other way while young male athletes were being raped by the team doctor at the Ohio State University where he was a wrestling assistant coach. Well, he, he's got that baggage. He's definitely got that baggage. But, and, and, but he's got this insurrection baggage also. I mean, that's why he right, and a lot of the, of, a lot of this of, is a lot of this is CYA stuff because they're scared shitless by the fact that they have been referred uh, to the office of uh, uh, office of congressional ethics, and that bad shit could happen. Most of the time, it doesn't, but when it gets really bad, they can act, and you know they can do things like recommending expulsion. That's why one of the first. Yeah, well, thing, that's why one of the first things that Kevers did was set, was to say that he was going to pull the teeth of the OCE. Yep. Right. 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 Well, it's it's in no. their nature. So that to, they couldn't act against Jim Shorts. It, it, they couldn't act their, against Comer. They couldn't act against uh, Biggs or Perry, and they damn sure couldn't act against Georgie. Santos. Cause, cause what they, do you want uh, to do if you want to burn the city down? You fire the fire department, right? Sure. Well, oh, and by like, the way, they asked George Santos, and he said, "You know, Kevin McCarthy was with me at the Battle of Marathon, and so I'm going to be with him there to, uh, today." Had to get some they, had to get some ancient Greek reference in there. Think about it, though, Robin and, and Todd. Think about it. Isn't that their first inclination whenever they're in power? is to defang any regulatory uh, agency, it certainly would stand to reason that in their own mechanism, in the House side mechanism, that they would want to uh, 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 take this, the, the, the slats out from under any part of the organization that regulates behavior and, and uh, uh, you know, actions and things on the part of the members. Because we can't have a cop on the beat. What the hell's wrong with you people? <laughs> yeah, how are we, we going to run the protection racket with cops on the beat? Exactly. Exactly, Scott. And, and then it starts exactly. sounding like Chicago in the in the twenties. You know, with the with the mob rule, literally the old school mob, Capone well, and the rest of well, that you- crew. All right, so I have to ask a dumb question because I've been doing in and out hard work and whatnot. But did did Kevin get his required votes, or is it still up in the air? Tonight? No, no, they're going to they're going to the fourth ballot in the morning. 
Oh, see? All right. So you <laughs> see what's going to happen here. Now we have a void. All right. So you know what's going to happen now. At some point, you're going to be like calling in Trump or this bullshit with uh, Newt the Gangrich, you know, gangrene Newt. Uh, some, something bad is about to happen. I mean, I hope I hope they just leave us the hell alone. Let, let them just destroy themselves and just leave us out of it. But, but that, I mean, anytime there's a void, a vacuum, power vacuums are never good, usually. They're never good. But isn't the first rule of car ownership uh, to avoid retreads? <laughs> Think about it. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can buy used, and they're perfectly serviceable. But I wouldn't do used tires. I don't give a damn what they've done to them. You know? Gingrich. Good God. Uh, they got to do something. I mean, I mean, seriously, the house, I mean, they control the budget. They control our money. Like, yeah, like They appropriate funds. Don't they realize that without a speaker, there can't be uh, uh, a placement of, of committee members and chair people? And I mean, they're cutting their own throats. But then again, they're not interested in good government or responsible behavior. That's the last fucking thing on their mind. Well, you know, this may work work in our favor because this this could be a wake up call. Like, okay, this we have to redo this because this Republican Party is not functional. It's just not working. They need a fucking intervention, okay? And think about it: without a speaker, you don't have the assignment for the committees. And how is Jim Jordan going to be the chairman of anything if there's no speaker in place to set that process into motion? Do you know? I mean, there is no way to do it. That's the way it's established. That's the Constitution, that little pesky piece of paper. So, Jim, if you want to be on your committee, jacket or no jacket, you've got to have somebody to make the assignments so the committee can be established so that you can be named for it or put upon it. God, even I know Uh, that, uh, and I barely passed civics back when they used to teach it. You barely passed civics, please. Uh, what I want to know is, is, is when exactly when was Hunter Biden a member of the uh, of the professional political class? Like, what, what what office did he hold? That's what I'm trying to figure out. He's, he was the czar laptop, uh, the laptop czar is what I meant to say, or something. Oh, okay, okay. Because you know these, these people. I, 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 but once again, the inertia is, is, you know, middle America. This is, this is what, this is the thing. This is, this is who we are. This is who we are. Otherwise, these, these folks would not be beholden to this, this nonsense. Cause they're trying to hold on to their little stupid jobs. And if they don't do what their constituents want, for instance, Ralph Norman is my, is my senator and he's a fucking nut job. We all see that now. It's Texas. He was, he was like call for martial law. He can't even spell martial in that in that respect. You know, he sent shit to my house all the time. He sent me a nice letter one time because I wrote him. You know, I have issues. I got a little bit of something. You know, so he, he sent did you a letter. It was a nice stationery. Was it in Quran? Oh uh, yeah, one of yeah one of his one of his legislative aides uh, uh, responded and used the uh, uh, electronic signing machine to. Sign it in blue. 
and <laughs> I've seen those. Use the franking cool. privilege to send the response off to Todd. Um, Damn, well, nice. I'm telling it, you, that paper's it, nice. They, it they, was a well, oh, great paper. Don't but it was but, a form letter but, on, on nice paper. Oh, it wasn't. No, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how they operate, but uh, it's usually not a form letter. If you raise specific issues, uh, you get because you know they're well staffed. No, it was very well responded to. It was specific. Really? He responded to my issue. I, I, I respect that. I know it wasn't him. It was but but just to just to sort of just to sort of loop back for a second, um, something something you said, you know, this business of the one vote, the the the, the one vote one vote vacate motion that mm-hmm. bobblehead was going on that, that that one nut job can trigger a call for the speaker to be removed from office now like i said jim jacket off jordan is going to bed tonight with dreams of dreams of a gavel knocking against his noggin do you suppose that that nut job would allow for a one vote vacate motion Oh fuck no! And they would not demand no. it. They would not demand it of him either. This is because they hate Kevin McCarthy, and they hate Kevin McCarthy. And and I, you know, I hate to say something nice about him. This isn't really Kevin McCarthy is the closest that the that the vast bulk of Republicans think that they can get to something in the same area code as normal. That's exact the N word. The N word. That's exactly. Right. He's not that's normal. Exactly he's right. venal. He's uh, he's feckless. We. But he he vaguely resembles somebody who actually knows how to be a member of Congress. If of course you're willing to overlook the fact that he called Nitwit Nero and said, "Get your assholes out of here," and then the next thing you know. Uh, he's 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 crawl he's crawling on his hands and knees to nitwit Nero and to, to to see if he can kiss the ring. Let me do something real quick. Uh, a couple of things. One, uh, we need to raise two hundred and eighty bucks this evening. I'm sorry to I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry to talk about fundraising, but we do. We need to raise two eighty because it's getting scary. Uh, I mean, it, it stays scary. It's been scary for several months. Um. So if we could if we could bring uh, some portion of the two eighty in so that we're not looking at five eighty tomorrow, that'd be wonderful. Um, that having been said, I had a caller on the stress line that I just uh, I'd spaced on, and I was going to bring on. Uh, if you call back, I will bring you on. I'm. It, it might have been scary, Jerry, um, but it, and, and hopefully the phone call will work again. But all of the, all of the, no tomorrow, Todd. It, it's you know, um, round four. It's well, it's 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 ballot number four, and it's Groundhog Day. Rise and shine, campers. It's cold outside. <laughs> uh, let's see if this is scary, Jerry. Stand by. Is that you, Jerry? <laughs> yeah, that's me. How do I sound? Uh, you're having you're having trouble tonight. Let's see if it settles down. Is that better? Is this better? No, it's, it, I don't know where. I don't. I don't know where you are. If you're on Bluetooth or what, but it's it's just really broken up. How about that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, it, you got to say a few. Well, you got to say a few words, and then we find out if it fall, find out if it all falls to pieces. No, I think this. How about this? 
Uh, keep trying. <laughs> All right. Um, the guy died last night on a football field. Oh, I think human beings can't play football anymore. Have it done? Have it played by robots like in the Jetsons? Yeah, or or uh, VR. In fact, I think nobody would care if humans don't play. I really don't. Just that they win money. Well, you know, head head, in, head, in, head injuries are a thing. I mean, the game cripples people. Um, that wasn't a head injury. That was a car crash last night. Well, I yeah, mean, it, no, I know. That's that's what that's, that's that's what I was getting to. I hate to use the term freak accident, but it was it was a it was a it was a one in ten thousand lick. And I hope human beings are running at twenty miles an hour. Yeah. And they run into each other. They hurt each other. Um, I was thinking both of those guys would have been defensive linemen back in the day. They have the size, but they're receivers. And and uh, the NFL is a passing league. I've never seen injuries like I've seen this year. And I'm as a Dolphin fan, the tour injury kind of broke me. Yeah, but a guy well, died I, last night. I, I usually yeah, he he did. He died. He died hundred years ago. That's a dead guy. 50 years ago, that's a dead guy. And, and I had a premonition at the beginning of football season that someone was going to die. I was like, I hope it's not Tua. I mean, you know, arguing with whoever I'm arguing no, with. I think Tua, uh, I, I mean, know. I'm no expert, but I, th- I think I think Tua's season, I think Tua's career is over. I don't know. He, uh, he's too small to play football in the 21st century. The guys who last are six foot four, six foot five now. He would have been great in the nineties. Well, maybe not. I, I don't know. Maybe they could get. I, I don't know. He tries too hard. He has a little bit of that immigrant in him that says, "You know what? It don't hurt that much. I'm fine. I'll rub some dirt on it." Even though he's Hawaiian, you know they they, they got that immigrant vibe. And uh, it's I I love the game of football. I think I'm over watching human beings play it. Is it okay? Let me let me ask you this: Is it because? And this is a bit of a process, Jerry. When you play it, like I'm an expert. Yeah, I got my bell rung a few times in high school. I was a I was a scrub. I was there to have my bell rung. Um, yeah, that part. But most of the people I've met, the people who are the people who are the people who the people who are playing in the NFL. Are like the top one percent of the people who play in college. They're the one percent of the people on the planet, and they are you, you know they are they are they are stronger, they are faster, they are bigger, they are. You know. um, and they're breaking the laws of physics. I, I think football has never been this fast. There, there used to be one guy who could run maybe nineteen miles an hour. Every team has a guy who runs 25 miles an hour. So these people are 260, 270 pounds. A guy died last night. I saw the head and I thought, that's a dead guy. And it didn't look like much, but they're running at full speed. To get a playoff banner. Yeah. Because there's a lot, there's a, there's a lot of money built into the contract based on if you get into the, into the, into the playoffs. I had a, 
oh, by the way, if between you and Randy today, you guys were politicasting. I had a whole email type of them that it debuffered and there was nothing. And I was on half the keyboard, a physical keyboard. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to call them. You guys made what was going on today as good as football. That was the other thing. I was like, this is entertaining as hell. It's terrifying. I would love to watch a live screen John Stewart type thing of this happening in another country with captains. But then you go to our country. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a valid point. Your, your signal's still not real great, but I, I, I get the gist of what you're saying. It's one thing to watch it happen in another country. It is another thing entirely to watch what we thought was something like stability just absolutely leave the building. And it's so routine. The, 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 the task of picking a speaker, it, it's not rocket science. They that's, can't that's, turn the light on. It's, it's almost mundane. They can't turn the... It, it's like watching monkeys on a bank robbery. They can't turn the light on. And they can't get the... the uh, Back the, to the monkeys the, again. After your metaphor. Yeah, <laughs> and they can't get the alarm going off. And they're just sitting there throwing poo and eating bananas. I, I was <laughs> ready for Republicans. Is, is there a math problem in this equation? Uh. It's all math, man. It's that's, all math from here on down. Monkey, we have uh, that's the original monkey premise. Yeah, like a monkey worker. And you we know, have... talk, talking about uh, uh, the football, I had a note from Lady B a little bit ago. Um, she said, "My beautiful twenty-eight-year-old nephew was recruited by and played offensive tackle for Colorado State University Pueblo in Division Two for three years, from 2012 to 2015." They won state all three times. During the fourth season, he breaks his leg on the field pretty badly. After the doc set his bones, he said even if he could, he wouldn't finish the season and will never play again. Coincidentally, it was also after he saw the movie Concussion. He's played ball all his life. When he decided to quit, he graduated with a degree in IT, got a great job. He's married to a beautiful wife and the father of two breathtakingly precious boys aged five and three. He told my sister and his dad... Under no circumstances will his son ever, sons ever play football. He's seen firsthand what it does to a young man's body, and he doesn't want them to have any part of it. My dad suffered a cardiac arrest while in the hospital being treated for pneumonia. I got a call from one of my nephews who worked ASCA candy striper, who worked as a candy striper. Watching the crash cart crew trying to bring your daddy back to life from the hallway is indescribable. Daddy's heart was started back up, but the heart doc said he'd die that night. We ended up having him for six more months before he had a heart attack again and died the day after Christmas in 2013. I didn't see what happened to the young man, but when my sister and neighbor told me, I knew right away it was cardiac arrest. Y'all, it's fucking terrifying. You're just standing there and you collapse into unconsciousness that anyone who witnesses it will tell you is scary as fuck. You don't move an inch, no breath from your lungs. If you've got a medical team who will break your ribs with the CPR pressure you need or have an AED machine on hand, you'll have a better chance of survival. Otherwise, you're going to be the new lead singer in the choir eternal. My buildings have AED machines. I wish my cleaning company would teach us how to use them or at least teach us CPR. I'm encouraged to use fire extinguishers to help put out a fucking fire, pull, aim, sweep, spray. But I don't know CPR, and it's too expensive for me to take a class. Every job should offer CPR for free. 
We've been losing a lot of souls lately. It would be nice if we could save at least some of them. You know, it's it, it's odd, and it's beautiful, Lady B, it's beautiful. Um, the fact of the matter is, I don't know I don't know why anybody lets their kid play football anymore, toward, more to, kind of toward what Jerry was talking about. Um, but... Oh, where was where was I going? Oh, oh yeah, I know what it was. I saw a story the other day, and for some reason or another, I kept it in the stack. And just that, yeah. I, I and and I was a little bit when I first saw the headline, because all headlines are wi- are written as clickbait now. I was like, oh no, because the headline was something like, Charles Barkley discloses. The one thing that, 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 that differentiates black schools from white schools. And, and you can see how that would maybe induce some, some potential anticipatory cringes, right? Well, I didn't cringe after all because it made sense. Uh, what Charles Barkley said was that, well, he said, when I go around and travel to give talks at schools, I have a question that I ask. Everywhere I go. And he said, if I'm talking to a black school and I say, ask the question, and the question is, how many here would like to go into professional athletics? He said, if I'm in a, if I'm in a majority black school, 90, uh, uh, 90% of the hands will go up. He said, if I'm in a majority white, white school and I ask the same question, it'll be maybe 10%. And he says, I will tell them in that black school, stop it. you got a better chance of being a doctor or a lawyer or an architect or a CPA than you do of being a professional athlete. And doctors, lawyers, CPAs, and architects don't come out of it after a 10-year career with their bodies broken into a million tiny pieces. And he doesn't have to say that at the majority white school where only 10% of the people raise their hands. And if we assume that what Charles Barkley said is true, and I see no reason to discount it, um, then what we're seeing here is a perpetuation of the same old shit that the bodies of young black, mostly men, are expendable for the entertainment and monetization of white folks. You got it, Robin. Plantation system. Remember, people got in trouble for saying that. I mean, is, 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 it not, is it not true? It's absolutely true. Are you kidding me? I live down here now. I know. I hear these people talk. It starts in high school. They, they get this privilege. Oh, they're the biggest kid on the field, and they, I got these dreams. Okay, so they, you get signed on at, at USC or Clemson or whatever. As soon as you break a bone, they toss you out. No, no, no tuition, no nothing. You're on the street. 
Oh yeah, and it's and it's even worse in places like SEC schools, where you know your 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 worth is determined by your athletic ability, and even if you know if you're if you're really somebody, and you fuck up your body, well, they haven't taught you much in the first place, because they haven't really cared much about you going to class or anything, and then well, goodbye scholarship, good luck, maybe you can get a job somewhere in town well and in i mean, some I, mean cases, just to, I had to say this and I'm, I'm, scott I'm, I'm sorry no go ahead I, no and it just take a second because it, it just absolutely disgusts me when you see these these folks all right they've been through the college system maybe they played some pro i'm talking about black men and they still can't fucking put together a paragraph they don't speak well it's like what you know did you go to class did anybody even care? Did anyone even care? I mean, look at Herschel Walker. Case in motherfucking point. See, it's better that you brought him up than me because I was about to get in trouble by bringing up Herschel Walker, who no, is just who is just who is here, just a man. walking okay. cluster of head injuries <laughs> on top on top of learning disabilities that were uh, probably congenital. And if I recall correctly, there's a shit ton of child abuse. And to the extent that it was cruel or is cruel for, say, colleges to take somebody who can barely get past their ACT or their SAT and sort of make it better so that they can, you know, play ball. It's 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 cruel. It's cruel on that level to I mean, look. Herschel's an asshole, all right? But he was also an exploited asshole. Well, see, what you just described, I would, I would, I think I could put that under the category of menstrual free. Because you just, it's a, you just there to perform. Yeah, that thought did come to mind. And the trouble of it is, the horror of it is, these kids have a bona fide, bona fide dream and they have talent to go with it, but the dream never materializes the way it appears in their in their hearts and in their heads prior to them getting there. Isn't that often the case where they, and like you say, one broken leg or whatever, and well, thanks, have, have a good life. And that's yeah. that's the pity of it. I mean, I, I know. I, I, in fact, I know someone. Not going to name names. I know someone who sort of lived that lived that life. Recruited out of high school, scholarship gets broken. Fuck you. And I think of my older brother, who was like four years ahead of me, who played high school all through his, uh, who played football all through his high school years, and even and went to school on a high, on a football scholarship. To this day, and like I say, I'm 68, so he's like 72, he is still hobbled. His knees will never be the same, and other parts of him will never be the same from eight years of, of football. As a matter of fact, it wasn't eight years because he had to quit football like two years into college because he was so banged up. Let me ask you something. We are of a certain age. Uh, me? We all are. Or, Okay. Who here remembers the Joe Namath pantyhose ad? Oh, 
I do. I do. If they make my legs look good, they'll certainly make your legs look wonderful. Exactly. That was the tagline. Yeah. And that was because Joe Namath's knees were held together by screws, bolts, spit, toilet paper, and bailing wire. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you ever get a chance, watch that, uh, uh, I believe, HBO documentary about Namath from about three or four years ago. It, it's it's heartbreaking. Some of the shit that that man went through for his profession as an athlete. And you're right. I'll bet you he can't go through a fucking airport machine, you know, a security uh, machine because of all the metal well, hell, I wonder if he could get an MRI because of all the metal in him. Well, because of all of that holding him together in the lower regions. By the way, I got a note in from my buddy Mark in Florida. Subject line size, DeMar Hamlin, 6 feet, 200 pounds, 40-yard dash, 4640. Who he tackled, T. Higgins, 6'4", 217. These measurements are not exceptional, even for large high school programs. However, their capabilities and awareness on field is extremely exceptional. The NFL is a very rare job, and it's a hell. It's it's and it's a it's a hell of a deal with the devil. You know the the uh, oh I can't remember the name of the test. Uh, there's a test they administer at the combines. It's a test of intelligence. And oddly enough, I remember talking about this on years ago. Um, but the uh, the people who score highest on the test are the offensive linemen. Really? Yeah. Because they've got they've got to, they've got to, they've got to know the playbook backwards and forwards for every play. And just like Jason Kelsey. Kelsey on the Eagles. He's an offensive lineman, right? I uh, think so. Yeah, but but they, they and and I knew a guy who was I, a long time ago. Knew a guy who was uh, an All Pro offensive lineman uh, for the Niners, and brilliant guy. Graduated with honors. Um, and you know his his career as an offensive lineman, ten years tops. You can't do that for much more. You know, quarterbacks tend to have longer, but, and then, you know, tailbacks, one good, well, I mean, it's, it's, um, legendary that, you know, one knee injury and you're fucked. The rehab is hell. Um, couple of notes. Lady B says 100%, Robin. Either join a gang or play ball. After all, it's not like a lot of these guys have role models who went to college. In the movie Get On Up, James Brown, played by the late, great Chadwick Boseman, was made to fight in the ring with other black boys. They fought until there was only one left standing. It was all for the amusement of rich white people, and it's continued ever since. To quote Dick Gregory, all of us serve the same masters. All of us are nothing but slaves. And Lady B adds, there's a reason why almost all quarterbacks are white. They're considered 
smarter. Oh Jesus, I remember. No, I, no, I remember. I'm old enough to remember. Oh, you know, there'll never mm. be, a, there'll never be a great black quarterback because, of, and and you remember that's what that's what got uh, the pineapple prince flush flimball bounced from ESPN. They tossed him right off. Uh, wasn't he on Monday Night Football? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what? I, I'm going to say something that people are going to be pissed off about. But since you brought it up, you know, I remember when Jimmy the Greek made his comment about uh, breeding, you know, basically. And you know what? Honestly, in my opinion, um, just from what I've learned over the course of my years, he was not wrong. Because remember, it's called chattel slavery. So you got to remember it. I mean, that, that's a good business. If you have enough capital, slavery was a good business if you had enough money. First of all, you had to have money because slaves were expensive. And why not? All right. So why you want to breed, you want powerful people to work your land. You don't want no scrawny, sickly motherfucker. So what he said was actually probably true. It is true. I mean, they had whole places in the, in, in the West Indies, whole islands where they would do that. In Barbados, oh my God, they were and build and building strength is a defense mechanism as well. You know, so that you do not die in the field. So you don't die in the field, and so you know. But that's how insidious this, this is. This is what a lot of people don't forget. Like this is we're still living this legacy. We're still living this legacy. So, you know, there, there's a reason. I mean, you know, I mean, my God, if you if you have a combine, you know, what a combine, you know, that that costs probably what three hundred thousand dollars, four hundred thousand dollars for a combine. Oh, yeah. Now, if you could buy a male combine and a female combine and get baby combines, why would you not? I mean, you have to look at it clinically. Why would you not? It's legal. Do it. Yeah. Why not? And so, you know, he he was persecuted for kind of telling the truth, but he he knew what he was seeing. I mean, we're talking about somebody who who was like make, made his money, making money, betting. Like, look, you got to look. Like when you bet, you always look at who's injured, who's this, who's that, who's who's running, who's. You know who's hot, who's not. You got it's a whole lot of variables. Yeah, you, you consider all the factors involved. You know the the track record, so to speak, like a horse. Exact, exactly, just like a horse. Chattel, once again, chattel. Well, it's the I commodification mean, of human beings. And to an extent, it goes on today in different forms, not just athletics, but in, in, in various realms of life. We're, we're nothing more than widgets, you know, that are, you know, living and breathing with hearts pumping, you know. And, and right. And, and see, think about it now. Look, look at these deep south places, Alabama, Mississippi, Florida. Right, a lot of these kids they they come from right there where they live. You know, there's a reason they're they're big like that because they were working. I mean, I I did an interview with someone who were, who 
grew up on a uh, sharecropping facility. I just I, I did a little interview with this person. So this, we're not that far removed from that. And, you know, you had to be healthy. I mean, they had to walk. They, they, they had to walk to if they could when they when they could go to school. They had to walk to school in the rain, snow. I mean, you had to be tough. It's amazing. I mean, my God, who can make it through that? I couldn't do that shit. I'd say, fuck it. I'm not going to school. I don't, know how he did, yeah. I don't know how he did it, but like my dad walked to school uphill both ways. Now, how the hell does that work? <laughs> you know, this is back in the 30s, but I, yeah, but I get what you mean. Right. It's it's like, uh, and when you when you have ability and a dream, anything to get out of where you currently are seems like a useful thing, a purposeful thing, and you get there and the dream, it never manifests itself in the way it was presented to you. Did and you see? Oh, right, exactly. That's uh, not just see, athletics. It's, it's not, but see, when it, you're talking about big money football now, you made me think about something, because not only did it get exploited physically, okay, so fine, they make it for a couple of years, then you had the money vultures on them because they don't know how to manage any money. How did that? They've never had any, they're, you know, they, they barely went to school. A lot of them, they, you know, not everybody. Remember, it's a mixed bag, but a lot of them, they, they never went to school. They even went to school. They didn't attend classes. They didn't, you know, a lot of them just, you know, didn't get what they needed, the tools, intellectual, you know, they didn't get the tools. So they don't know anything. They don't know what armoritization is. They don't, you know, come on. It's just it's not there. So they buy these all these houses, and all of a sudden they're broke. It's like, oh, you, what you should have done was bought a franchise or something. You know, it's just tricky. So they're getting exploited every time you turn around; they're just being exploited. And and you know, I don't know about you, about all right. So I just want to pose this: with this pandemic, with this virus. You know, it could be because we know that it affects your heart and lungs. And I, I don't know if that uh, Mr. Hamlin had had COVID or not, but it can definitely weaken your heart and lungs. Uh, but the argument being made was that it happened to him because he had the because he had the vaccine. I heard that. I don't, you know, and I no, just that's, that's bullshit. Okay. I mean, when the guy subbing for Alex Jones calls you out on your bullshit. You know it's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and by the way, as to J Jimmy the Greek, Lee in New York says, uh, hey, "Hey, Robin, Jimmy the Greek never lost a bet because he never placed a bet." True. Mm. Um, just an odds mm. maker. Well, I got to get out of here because we are past eight o'clock, and I'm going to be I'm going to be screwed with Podbean again uh, before I know it. But it's been a great conversation, guys. I appreciate it. I really, really do. Thanks, Robin. And. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I think that, I think it's fun when we can get the conversation going in a sort of a round robin kind of. Well, it's probably and it's and, it, you know just and I've said this in different ways before, but it is never a bad show when Todd calls in. I I just love Todd. I can't tell you how much I get it's such a kick out of him because oh, he great. He so knows kind. stuff that. I've never had access to, and I like it when I can learn something from somebody. Well, listen, y'all have a great evening. 
and uh, back at it for prayer meeting Wednesday tomorrow. Uh, fundraising goal will be at 580, and every penny is critical. Anyway, but thank you. Um, I'll talk to you guys later. Have a good Alrighty. evening. All right. Have a good See you, Todd. Good See you, Scott. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure. Pleasure with both of you. And uh, thanks, of course, to uh, thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thanks to our a la carte contributors this evening. That's uh, that's Ralphs. Thank you, Ralphs. You are a dear. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thank you to our uh, all-volunteer staff. Um, Hold on a sec. I think I screwed up. There we are. Uh, thank you to Roger in Oregon. Thank you, Sparky, earlier. Steve, thank you if you were there. I'm sorry I didn't pop by. Um, thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa. Head on dot live. Remember, brand new Fresh Malloy on the way, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The best place to listen to the first run of Malloy is head on dot live because no commercials. And hey, remember, please. Like and subscribe, and please leave a comment. Leave some feedback wherever it is you listen to the program, whether it's Podbean or Spotify or uh, whatever the whatever the platform, Apple Podcast. It's much appreciated. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest-working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia and a proud union shop. Stay safe. Get your booster. Get your flu shot. Got both of mine now. Thank you. Um, Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer. Wear the masks again. We're back to that. I was at I was at the grocery store today. I masked up. Just seems like the smart thing to do. And uh, maintain your social distance, fifteen to twenty feet, like Paul from Parts Unknown suggests. And for God's sakes, if some uh, a little Hobbit-like dipshit comes your way down the sidewalk saying something like a, "We were getting sworn at instead of sworn in," well, avoid avoid that little. Uh, Coloradan, uh, like the plague, because she is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Later. <laughs>